Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Big girls don't cry. Big girls don't cry. Big girls. They don't cry. Welcome, one and all, to episode 33 of the Family Ooh, Wow, really? I keep a count, kind of. Awesome. I just name my files a certain way, and then sometimes I mess up, and then it's chaos, I tell you. Uh, we are the Feminine Critique. I am Emily. I'm Christine. Uh, or, or are we, or are we actually, like, um, what would you say? Um... Uh, I'm like, I'm sweet tits. Yeah. Sweet, your sweet tits. Yeah, that's my, that's my fantasy name. What would mine be? Um, I was going to say something, I was going to say something about your butt, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to bring up bad, bad memories. Oh, dark, dark times. I would be, I would be flat cheeks. (laughs) We got it down. All right, in case you haven't guessed from that, one of the movies we'll be discussing today is Zack Snyder's, um, uh, I, I want to say it's his dream project, because I think he was really proud of it, and that is 2011 Sucker Punch. <laughs> yep. And there is no other movie we could pair that with than um, his other, uh, from his uh, Bear Midriff period, which would be 2006's 300. Yeah. We will get to those... Before we get to those, we're going to talk about other movies that we have been watching as of recent. Are mm-hmm. we not? Are we, yes, are we I think we might. Let's do it. Why not? Okay. Christine, why would you, why would, why would you like to tell people about this? <laughs> I don't why, know. Why I won't. Do this? What are we here for? I won't if you don't Who want am I? Uh, No, I want to know okay. what you watch and justify each one. Hey, did we, did we just record or something? We're, we're doing good this time because what happens for the behind the scenes folks is typically we'll record and then at the end of the episode Christine and I privately discuss okay when do you want to record next and usually we try to aim for like 
the following, we try to put like two weeks in between. That's what we like to do on paper, but then it always ends up being three weeks to a month. But I think this time we actually kept with it. And I think we're like exactly two weeks away from the last time we recorded. Right. Well, is that why I watched like four things? Oh my God, I have four too. Oh man, that's hey. embarrassing. In my defense, I've been reading a lot. I know I always say Nerd. that, but I, I really am reading a lot. And, um, and I got way back on my TV, except for that entire season of Hell's Kitchen that I watched. Oh, American um, or UK? American. The UK one is so much better. Than I know it is, but Hulu gives me what it gives me, and I, I take it all in. Uh, but um, the, the UK one was on Netflix for a while. Wait, Hell's Kitchen or Kitchen Nightmares? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Nightmares. I'm sorry. No, yeah, I've the never kitchen... watched the UK. I don't know if there is a UK. Kitchen I don't, Night- I'm not sure there is a, like, a, he has a competition show over there, but I, I agree. The UK um, Kitchen Nightmares is amazing. Yeah. Now, um, which season of Hell's Kitchen? I watched the entire 10th season in maybe four days. Who's in that one? Or tell me some of the... Uh, okay, obviously, every, if I say describe the people, it's going to always be... There's one really fat, gross guy, and there's... Yeah, his name was Clementa, Clementa in this Clementa. one. okay. I figured every <laughs> season had a really fat, gross guy, uh, but I've seen that season. Don't yeah. you hate everybody? Um, I hated pretty much everybody, but that didn't keep me from watching it at a breakneck pace. If any of our listeners work in a kitchen, like work as, a, as cooks or maybe like maitre d's where they deal with chefs and, and line cooks, are they all the worst human beings in the world? Why don't you just ask me? Everybody on the... Oh, yeah. You yes, they are. No. Are they really that bad? <laughs> um, there are some people that are pretty bad. Um, okay. I've talked to somebody... Um, who actually auditioned for this show. And apparently they stack the deck. Like there's a lot of really terrible incompetent people and like a handful of people that you're like, yeah, those are actual contenders to kind of up things. And plus, plus that explains how the first couple of episodes, there's always a guy that's like, I don't know which one's the potato. Yeah. He has exacting standards too. So like the way he wants something cooked is like, way more extreme than a lot of these people have ever needed to present food. Right, right. Um, which you yeah. dare fuck up his lamb wellington. I know, jeez, the risotto. Somebody fucked up the risotto! Oh my gosh. But it was fun. I enjoyed watching it. It kept me from watching other stuff, but it's okay. It's okay. Sometimes you need I a break. I used to DVR it. I used to DVR that because it was on with MasterChef. And so I would have, like, a night where I'd get really hungry to watch MasterChef, and it's like they're making food that just, it makes you want to cook, and it makes you want to eat stuff. And then you watch Hell's Kitchen, where you realize the people that touch your food are just disgusting and awful. Yeah. And suddenly I'm like, okay, I guess I will just never eat again. Which is Uh, And doesn't actually, I don't, that's So everybody watch season 10. (laughs) Just so we can talk about Clemenza. Is that the one with Kimmy? Yep, that's oh, Kimmy and Clemenza and Robin. Yeah, it it was pretty. It was it was a pretty awful season. I think I was happy with the result, though. I think. Yeah, it was, it was the, the only person that was yeah. not a terrible human being. It seemed like. Yeah. So I mean, that's, is that, oh, is that the season that has my favorite uh, reveal of somebody being a lesbian ever? A second to Law and Order when Elizabeth Rowan. Wait, just when her girlfriend shows up and no, she's it's like, even better than that because I think it's like. I don't even think it's then. I think it's when David Beckham comes to the restaurant. Is that that mm-hmm. one? Yeah, David Beckham yeah. there. And the whole season, like, I mean, granted, that's not a show that goes too far into their personal lives. Yeah, which I kind of like. Oh, yeah. They still kind of talk to the camera a lot and, like, I'm doing this from a family, all that, all that stuff. Uh-huh. But there's, like, one episode where it's Christina, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and David Beckham is one of, like, the people that they have to serve. Uh-huh. And, and she's doing, like, a talking head interview. 
And she's like, I mean, there was David Beckham, and I'm, you know, I'm going crazy. She's like, I'm gay, and I and I still was freaking out when he came in there. And that was the first time I think you found out that she was gay. Yeah, was yeah. Just offhand coming out on a show ever. Yeah, it was good. It, I liked the way they handled that, because then all of a sudden there was a girlfriend. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, cool, look at her. But it was, it was, it was nice that they didn't, like, sh- like, force it down your throat the way they do with all of their personal stories, usually. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, Hell's Kitchen, everybody. Woo! Season ten. Check Good it out. time. I love it. All right. So, <laughs> what uh, what else you got? Well, after this is right after we recorded last week. I, this always happens. I don't know if it happens to you. Right after we record, I'm like, yeah, I actually watch some stuff and have some stuff yeah. to talk about, and it lasts for like a day. But um, right after we recorded, I decided to watch The Innkeepers, which I had never seen. I had never seen it. Okay. No. Um, I really like House of the Devil. Me too. Um, I was like, I'm going to watch The Innkeepers. Now, see, my mom, as I think I've mentioned, is afraid of everything. Um, She has strong opinions about horror movies, and she gets really affected by the ones that work for her. Um, She watched The Innkeepers, and she was like, meh. So now I don't know. I know know people really like it, but now I have a woman who this seems like was made for her Mm -hmm. who's kind of not into it. So I put it on. I'm like, all right, well, maybe I won't. I don't know if it was because my expectations were where they were. Yeah. Holy shit, I was fucking terrified. I was so scared. <laughs> the majority of this movie, I had to pause it to walk around. I picked up my phone just to, to look down at something. <laughs> I was so scared. Wow. I really liked it. It was really scary. I'm very happy for you. Did you like it? No. Oh my gosh, why did it scare me so much? In like in fairness, I can understand it's it's a very tonal movie. Which mm-hmm. House of the Devil is too. You either mm-hmm. if you're not kind of taken in by what you're watching, nothing is going to work because okay. both That's are very me, yeah. Option, and both yeah. are very dependent upon getting kind of like getting you in a zone where you are in a very particular, like, vulnerability where they can scare you. Yeah. And for House of the Devil, it just worked amazingly on me. I love that movie. For Innkeepers, it just felt like I wasn't crazy about any of the characters. Mm -hmm. And there was, I don't know, to me, I just really did. The more, like, the further away from it I am, the more I'm like, I really don't think I liked it at all. I think I was kinder to it when it came out. Oh, wow. But it just, the ending didn't work for me it felt like okay something's finally happening and now it's over uh i was confused by the very end i didn't i'm like oh so it was one of those endings i had to take a minute to figure out exactly what happened yeah and it didn't gut punch me the way it could have if it was just to me done a little more clearly there were so many characters that i don't know why they were there or what they really did i thought what's her name um what's her name uh the woman that mm-hmm. was in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I, I can't think. I know exactly who you're talking Kelly about. Kelly McGillis? Yes, that's right. Yeah. What you just said she is right. She was in a movie I watched this week. Uh, that she, like, her entire, I don't understand or anything of why she was there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I was super let down. Hmm. Um, but I'm happy you were not. I'm going to watch it again because it could have been a frame of mind thing. Because do you remember when I first saw Grave Encounters? And I almost died. Grave Encounters freaked me out. That one I was me. terrified. I and was then upon rewatch, it was slightly less effective. But that's the 
kind of movie that is is really so much about the initial viewing. I think. Yeah. And I, I, you could say that for most horror movies, a movie like Grave Encounters, where it's very much designed to scare you. Yeah. And it's scaring you because you really don't know what the fuck's going on or what's yeah. going to happen next. So if you do, if you know the beats of it, it becomes yeah, it's less effective. Take away. Whereas to me, something like Mart, like a movie like Martyrs, actually gets better to me. It improves. Viewing. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Because it just you're so twisted and turned around on first viewing that you don't like you've lost uh the ability to really be scared maybe because you're just mm-hmm. trying to figure out what kind of movie it's going to turn into and once you know it you can really take the time to kind of like digest everything that's happening yeah whereas i don't know to me the other um a movie like not a lesser movie but a simpler horror movie like grave encounters or to me the innkeepers is just very much about scaring you and getting if, you if the, the yeah if the entire reason the movie exists is to elicit a certain response once you know know what that is and how they're gonna do it there's less there to go back for generally i mean there's um, always exceptions but yeah but i'm i think i'm gonna rewatch it because i don't know why it affected me so much and i don't know if it's gonna work again i'm very curious i'll be curious to hear yeah man i think i'm gonna buy it and like I really, I don't know. It probably it has something. a really good release. It, I mean, I know yeah. they like the, I'm, even like the cover art was great. Yeah, it really affected me, and yeah. I didn't expect it to. So maybe that's why it did because I was like super low expectations. Yeah. So when it did something that that freaked me out a little bit, yeah. I was like, oh god, what what's going on? Huh. Plus, I was alone, and it was nighttime. That'll that'll do it for you. It, it can. Yeah. Um, enough about that. <laughs> I watched Captain America. That's really what's important. We the, need to talk about it. The new one, I imagine. Yeah, okay. the Winter Soldier. Um, I will say this about that. That was a very loud truck. I'm sorry. That was a loud truck. I'm were sorry, they yes. Or are they, I don't uh, know. That was just a regular truck truck. Like a, uh, I don't know. Like a maximum um, overdrive truck? No, it was. It sounded like it. It had a Gatlin gun mount, mounted to the back. Nice. Um, speak Morse code. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. That's so. Let's watch that. Um, oh my god! Okay. Okay. Right now, <laughs> I just spit out my water because you said that. I'm about to stop recording. Oh, and turn it on. I haven't seen it in so long. Oh, it's so good. Um, Brandon doesn't think so. Like, oh, it's really good though. It's so good. I saw Captain America. Um, I was really excited. I didn't like the first one at all. At all. That's right. You really didn't. I really and I watched it three times. People, oh no, you gotta. It's different. You gotta. Watch. No, guys, I watched it three times. I didn't like it. I'm sorry. Um, Thor is the winner for me in the Marvel Phase One. Um, other than I, I don't know what mine is. I I'm I really like the Hulk. Yeah, I. It's better upon rewatch. I don't know if yeah. Um, Iron Man's good too. Iron Man and Thor yeah, are probably. I just saw Iron Man so long ago that. Our yeah, I think it it holds up real well. Um, but I was. Tentative about Cap 2. I was excited for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as I am wont to do with most Marvel movies, I saw a midnight on opening night. Um, like an asshole, I had worked an 11 hour day. Did you take a nap? How do you do that? So, no, I started to doze off yeah. around 1 o'clock. Um, in the last third of the movie, I started to doze off, and I'm really pissed. I don't think I missed anything, because um, I didn't like legit fall asleep or anything, but. I, my head was doing that thing yeah, where it like sway back um, and I'm, I'm mad that that happened but um, I saw the majority of it completely alert when it, when it started to wind up I was completely alert um, so I will say that I loved it ah. but I want to go see it again because I was pissed but you, re- you really really loved it I really liked it a lot. It, That's good. 
good. It was a very, and I think you will like it for th- reasons we've discussed about what Marvel movies kind of do wrong right. sometimes. What I, yeah, what I don't like about them. I think you'll really like it. And it does, did you see Thor 2 yet? No. Uh, see, <laughs> part, of the, part of the problem with these, these first waves is that they, they were really about a love interest. Like, things were going on, All but then. All had to have one. Um, and Iron Man didn't. That's true. And then, not the first one, anyway. Not the first one. But so then you enter into sequel territory and like, okay, well, what are we going to do? We now have this love interest that we established in the first one. What are we going to do? Well, what's fun about Cap is <laughs> that, that. <laughs> that couldn't happen. Yeah. So Cap doesn't really have that, that, that through line, that story, that like lady story. And they don't really go out of their way to cultivate it. Okay. So it's about other things, which is really awesome. Nice. It's not about a lady. Because it is a huge issue I have because they all end up being the same. It's always, they've got a love interest and she's, like, just think about what I'm about to say because it applies to both Hulk, uh, Thor, um, there is the love interest and she is cute and she is brainy and she's a little Mm -hmm. spunky, but she's still put into peril and there's going to be issues about them being from different worlds. Yeah. And, like, all of them... uh, all of them have that, and it's kind of like, okay, I know where this is going. So that is, uh, that's a good point, that maybe without that. It was, they did interesting shit with it, and, the, and there was a lot more, like, character building and friendship building, like, Falcon, Falcon is in it, and the relationship between Falcon and Cap is really good, and Natasha's, it's like, they actually do stuff with Black Widow, and that's yeah, nice. So it was good. I, I, I'm curious to see what you would think, because we, have, we share similar issues with right, right. those movies. Um, I watched a documentary on Netflix called 20 Feet from Stardom. Oh, this is the one that won the Oscar. It did? It did. Oh, everybody loved it when it was at South by Southwest, yep. and um, I, I was mad I didn't get to see it, so I was super excited when it popped on Instant. I liked it a lot. Um, it's a great doc, like, the way it's constructed. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, though, it brings up, it, it went to interesting places, and and I kind of wished it would have stayed in those places. Okay. It, it explored other stuff that kind of lost my interest, but that's not the documentary's fault. It's just mm-hmm. me. Yeah, um, yeah. It's streaming, though. You, you should totally watch it. That does make I, a difference. I am terrible. Um, you should totally watch it. I just might. Um, and then last night, I don't know why I watched Mean Girls. <laughs> I like that movie a lot. People have been talking about that. Is it like a ten-year anniversary or something? Oh, I'm not sure. Um, I, I just, people just love to watch it. it. Lately, it's been very forefront, and I don't know if it's just that Lindsay Lohan is doing is doing something or not. But yeah, I just keep reading about it. Maybe it's the anniversary. I don't know. Holds up. Holds up well. Oh, I think it is. Isn't that a 2004 movie? If you say so. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. It's right in front of me. Why am I dumb? So there you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> ten-year anniversary. But does it hold up? Oh my god. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. I love it so much. Very nice. So that's it. I'm that's boring. It. No, no I, don't, I don't have much because I don't really have a good reason. I would say baseball started again and I've been watching it, but I haven't even been able to watch that much baseball. TV came back. My DVR is like overflowing. I need to constantly keep watching things to delete things. So I don't, yeah. even, I don't even remember what I've been watching. So, ah, chaos. Uh, <laughs> so stressful. It's a really hard life being me. I watched four movies. Actually, I watched oh. five, but one of them is my Netflix instant pick. So uh-huh. Smart. Smart lady. Uh, all right. So one movie I watched was one that um, a couple of bloggers had 
spoken highly of, and it is uh, a movie called Contracted, or Contracted, I guess Contracted. Oh my god, that's so funny. I was going to ask you if you had seen it. I put it on my queue, and yeah. I don't know what to expect, and I'm kind of scared of it. Um, I liked it, is the simple answer. It is, um, I, don't, I know it was made for a very low budget. You can kind of tell, just in some of the choices and some of the, um, some of the acting feels just, you can tell like it's a lot of first-time film actors, I think. Um, but some of the performances are really good. I like the, the lead is very good, and she's pretty much on screen the entire time. Caroline Williams. Yeah, is it she's like... fucking amazing. Is it the, is it the Carol, Caroline Williams I think it is? It is Slim from... Oh, CMC. my. How exciting. I, I saw that name, and I was like, oh, it must be another one. And it's, it's a good concept. The concept is kind of, It's very body horror, and it's just this girl who's um okay so i shouldn't watch it is what it, you just said to it's me pretty icky but i, oh, think I terrified knew how icky it was going to be so i was like bring it bring it you got worms in your vagina bring it that oh god no yeah, but they don't show like the worms. i can't the watch this like, movie you know she like you know takes her undies off and you see like you're like oh that came from there type thing oh no it's good it's not great Um, I wanted it to kind of go further and push harder and kind of examine different things, but it, it's made, the aesthetic is really interesting. It just has a very, like, you could tell, the director, I think his name is Eric England. I believe this was his first, like, actual, this is a movie, not a, like, lot of indies that are on IMDb, but nobody's ever seen them kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it shows a lot of promise because he does some things really interestingly. Um, the he he's good about there's not a lot of uh, like the character has some interesting ticks in that she's we know we like we figure out eventually that she um, had a drug problem, but they never come out and say that. It's just a lot of things that kind of slowly suggest like, oh, okay, that's why they keep looking at her arm and that's why her mom keeps saying this stuff. So there's a lot of really interesting writing choices that I think he did really well with. Um, And, you know, there's some interesting, I think, see, another reason I think you'd be interested in watching this one is like, um, how to say it? There's, it's the simple premise for, because I've talked around it a lot, is that this woman... Basically, I believe the DVD sleeves says this woman has a one-night stand and then contracts a STD. Uh, but if you think she has a one-night stand, then I think you might have an issue because she's actually date-raped or raped. It's kind of left up in the air, uh, depending on your interpretation. But at the same time, like that's never really acknowledged, but I think that's kind of one of the points of it. So it, there's a lot kind of underneath the surface that's really um, thoughtful and I think is is meant to really make you think. Um, so, for, I mean, for those reasons, I recommend it, if, so long as you can get past the worms in the vagina. Oh, no. Like, there's also fingernail stuff. You know how I feel about that. <laughs> that is my most feared thing. Well, you can... Which, which one? The uh, there, Oh, yeah, there's teeth stuff. I don't... Body horror is is for me truly horrific it is it is the thing that i have a hard time with and this one's icky because it's also a female so a lot of the things that happen to her are things that like uh you know 
like you, you really don't want happening to us. No, I don't. Um, but it was good. I don't know. I, I'm really interested what you think in it. And it's short. It's like under an hour. Yeah, I noticed that. I was I was yeah. interested. And it does just feel like he had a very clear goal of where to get to. I didn't like the ending. Um, not a spoiler, but I just think again, I think he could have been a little more experimental in some ways, but uh-huh. it's a good watch. So I recommend it. Um, another instant, another new instant horror find I watched was the Jim Mickle remake of We Are What We Are. Okay. Also on my queue. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a huge fan of Jim Mickle. You did Stakeland and Mulberry Street. Yes, I enjoy Mulberry Street quite a bit. You, you're not a Stakeland fan? It did not do anything for me. Okay. I did not. I've only seen it once, though. I, I tend to not want to past final judgment when I've only seen something fair once. Enough, fair enough. That's big of you. Um, we are where we are. It's a, it's a remake, and I, I like the original, but I can't remember like anything about it. I just remembered enjoying it. So mm-hmm. this, it does... A lot of people were giving him shit. Like, oh, he's, you know, because he's such an original genre filmmaker to then go and make a remake. But yeah. you can tell he did it because, for whatever reason, this, like he found the story interesting. And it doesn't... Fe- there's a lot of differences. It really does feel like he took the premise and the basic concept and told a different story with it. It's... It's, a, it's good. Um, if I didn't know who directed it, I would be like, this was a really well-made uh, little horror movie. But knowing how much, for me, I what I really like about his other films... This one just did, wasn't as enjoyable for me to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I think like if you didn't like Stakeland, you might like this one more type thing. Huh. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it's it's much. It's very slow. Uh, it's very much just about this family. There's some really good performances, which I think he always gets out of his actors. Michael Parks is really good in it. Um, it's it's a similar thing with what I'm saying about con- uh, Contracted is uh, there's uh, I kind of understand what he's trying to examine which is sort of religious traditions and things people do that they don't understand why they do them yeah uh, it's very subtle and I kind of wish he, he could to me he could have gone so much farther with that um, but it's still it's a good watch it's a it's a strong film and it just I think continues to show that he's um, he's a really good good genre filmmaker and I'm still going to be excited about what he does um, I also had a rewatch of I talked about last time so I I we, we talked about this I really like nuclear war movie stuff yeah, I had no idea I know um, <laughs> say what you will about it I don't know why I'm so drawn to this stuff but I am uh, so I did a I watched a few things and that will be in my instant pick as well um, but one movie I wanted to rewatch because it had been a while since I watched it, and um, we I had watched Judgment at Nuremberg a few weeks ago, which is also directed by Stanley Kramer. So I wanted to rewatch On the Beach, uh, 1959, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I still find this movie very interesting, but it is very long and very slow, and there's a lot of things that feel very dated about it. It's set in Australia, but other than like the very small local actors that come in for like one line or two, nobody even bothers to try to have an Australian accent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a little bothersome, I guess. Yeah, um, I can see that. You know. uh, but that being said, I just, again, find the subject matter so interesting. And this, 
movie's a little too slow, but also I think is um, gets gets at what I find so interesting about that and that end of the world thing of how do you spend the last the end of the world? What do you do with your time then? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you know it's, it's very sad. I think uh, this one I think I I had recommended and I hope they watch it for Married with Clickers when they do their Armageddon month in May. Uh, I told them they should watch it and review it. So hopefully. And then the last thing I watched that's nuclear war-based is on Netflix Instant, and it's a documentary called Countdown to Zero. Christine, oh. we're all just going to die any day from a nuclear bomb. I don't want to... Why? I don't want to think about that. To really make a nuclear bomb. Like, you just need a couple hundred thousand dollars and some uranium, uh, which is not that hard to find, apparently. Um, you just need, like, a scientist or two working for you, and, like, you buy an old... some old equipment on eBay, and, like... You can fucking make a nuclear bomb. All right, you want to do it? And, like, do you know, like, we have bombs, and so do other countries, and all it takes is, like, one misread message for, like, you know, North Korea to be like, okay, hit the button, and for us to be like, oh, shit, they hit the button, we have to hit the button, too. So, yeah, this movie was all about how, really, everybody has a bomb, and it's really easy to make one, and we're all going to die at any moment in time. It seems pretty terrible. It was really upsetting. Of course, I watched it anyway. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, so Countdown to Zero if you want to find out how we're all fucked. Jeez Louise, all right. On that note, those are all my movies. Yeah. Just a few. Um, Because, you know, really what it comes down to is um, Sparta. Oh, man. You have to say a lot. Are we doing that one first? Uh, I don't, do you have a, a vote? I mean, I feel like We'll, ha- we'll probably have more to say about Sucker Punch, but I think to see the progression of um, of, uh, of Zack Snyder. Is it yeah. Start with 300. Yeah, that's that was kind of my thinking. Yeah. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to um, do a couple of weeks of boot camp and <laughs> a lot of sit-ups, um, some ab work, uh, maybe a little bit of um, waxing. Because uh, I don't know if you knew this, but they had very good access to body waxing in ancient Greece. Yeah. So we're going to gather all those things, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about Zack Snyder's 300. Oh, yay. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. are going to climb into our gigantic carriage being um, 
drawn by uh, rhinoso elephantism thingies. Mm-hmm. Lots of monsters in this movie. There are some monsters. Um, deleted scenes have even more monsters in the mm. scene. This lady did not watch any deleted scenes, so you're going to have to tell me okay, about these I monsters. I will inform you. I, uh, I, I just got this one on Blu-ray because I'm like, 300, I'll watch this again. Um, 10 bucks. Good, good for you. <laughs> so we are doing 300, uh, directed by Zack Snyder, based on Frank Miller's graphic novel. Yes, I'm- uh, Christine, first tell me, did you, what was your first viewing of this movie? Did you see it in the theaters when it came out? I didn't. I saw it soon after, though. Okay. okay. Um, I remember, see, I don't know if you do this. Um, if, when you see, I, to say before I was a film fan, that's not really what I mean. I mean, before, like, I was so critical of, okay. of film and before like I I felt like I had knowledge to back up my yeah. feelings. You really started thinking about yeah. film that you watched as uh, specifically as film. Yeah, like cr- critically thinking about it. Now, I guess I this predates me doing that when I first saw this. So I left the experience feeling like, huh, I don't get why everyone likes that. Hmm. Okay. But I wasn't like, this is terrible, A, B, C, D, Y. But I just didn't understand. So it's very highly regarded by some people. Um, it also has Michael Fassbender in it. A very young Michael Fassbender. A very, well, and he looks so old, but he is very young. Um, so I decide that I'm going to rewatch this, mostly for Fassbender reasons, and also because I c- couldn't really get a handle on my opinion of it. Mm-hmm. Upon rewatch... I really thought it was boring, and I still felt like, what is wrong with me? Why is this so boring to me? Third time's a charm, and I think I've, na- I think I've nailed down um, my feelings. So you need to watch every film. movie three times. Oh, God, that's tiring. I hope right? not. Some movies are long. I mean, this one's under two hours, but some are longer. Some are very long. It's true. Um, so my experience was I went to see another movie. I want to say it was The Hills Have Eyes 2. But oh, I, I which is terrible. I haven't checked the dates because I don't think that's right because... They have, I'll check them. I don't think that can be right because I'm pretty sure that... Health has two, uh, says 2007. I don't know. Maybe there was some overlap or something. Uh, Who can say? I don't know. I don't oh, know. this came out in March, though. 300. All right. So the, the I know that I definitely snuck... I went to see another movie and I'm pretty sure it was just some crappy horror movie. And then afterwards, my friend, we were like, hey, you want to commit a crime and sneak into another movie and it was like yeah okay and so uh we snuck in this one had just started we're like let's go watch this one and <laughs> oh my god you, you sounded cool I, when i was a badass when i used to do shit like that that's how i talked you didn't give a fuck that's what you oh, sounded no, like like this uh so we snuck into 300 and i had no idea what to expect i don't even know if i had even seen it advertised it may have just been like oh this is the only thing playing right now it's just uh-huh right in. And so we just walked in, sat down, and the theater was pretty crowded. And I was like, holy fuck, there's beautiful men who are all ripped, and there's blood flying everywhere, and people are just beheading people. I am fucking in. And so I enjoyed it. And then, like, the next day my dad was talking about the movie. This was when I was um, home in between, like, I think when I, uh, in be- before I went to Korea, I guess it had to be. Um, but anyway, my dad was talking about, like, he'd seen a preview. I'm like, oh, it's really good. If you want to go see it, I'll go see it with you. And then I went to see it again in the theater. Oh, my. Look at you. And I didn't, like, it, this wasn't the movie that movie that changed me. I just really fucking enjoyed it. Because, like I said, it's hot dudes and 
blood and McNulty from the wires in it. And um, there's beheadings and stuff. Um, but then I had not watched it until since since then, really. It's occasionally mm-hmm. on cable, but I haven't like sat down and watched it beginning to end. Um, but why don't we, before we get into really how we felt about it now, uh, would you like to give a synopsis? Would you like me to give a synopsis? I mean, I guess y- you can. It's pretty scant. It's a really scant what? one. This is as scant as the clothing on the men in this movie. It really is. I mean, they go and fight people. Boom. Done. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I might have gone. <laughs> Give, give a no, go, go a little more in depth. Go on with that. <laughs> well, it's ancient Greece. And I was going to say, give like names of things well, specifically, and specifically, it's Sparta. It is. It is Sparta. Uh, which is said like I think probably they. I think they say Sparta more in this movie than they say fucking Goodfellas. But I'm don't quote me on that. Uh, so we're in ancient Sparta, and King Leonidas, played by Gerard Butler, who I'm just going to come out and say. 2006 Gerard Butler, I had such a crush on. He has huge thighs. He has big thighs. He's all, like, manly. He's got nice eyes. Because I had a crush on him from Dracula 2000. Um, so oh, yeah, no. Like, okay, that's what that I can get behind. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> uh, so, Please, King Leonidas, uh, basically, they find out that the Persian army, um, a.k.a. anybody that's not white, is, is, is going to invade Sparta and the enslave Spartans unless they just kind of give in and say like yep. it's cool but the Spartans are very proud people and refuse to do that yep. uh, the however Sparta is ruled by a bit of a bureaucracy uh, which is kind of corrupt and is working with the Persians yep. so therefore they won't help out anybody fight the Persians so King Leonidas leads 300 or 299 Spartans uh, to kind of a little area where they will be able to fight the hordes and hordes and hordes of Persians um, and be able to fend them off basically long enough where they can uh, help protect their Sparta. Uh, based somewhat on truth, this was their Spartans were warrior people and this battle did happen. I don't think it actually involved trolls. Oh, man, I was. What were the their monsters? Were there a weird knife or sword flipper monster? So we had a couple. Of, so we had the sword flipper monster, who was sort of something out of um, the House on Haunted Hill, not the House which, on Haunted Hill. Thirteen Ghosts, which totally I guess reminded me of something of Thirteen Ghosts. I guess that they were just all like deformed folk. Some of them were. But I was like, these are monsters, and then I was promptly corrected and like, no, 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 these are not monsters. They're these are just, These are just deformed people these that are they. Middle Easterners. That they altered. Okay, sorry, but they seemed like monsters to me. Well, because you had, so you had the, the executionary squid guy, let's call him. Mm-hmm. Kind of looked like, is it Squidward from Spongebob? Yeah, he was yeah. fucking terrifying. Was creepy. You had trolls that were very uh, Lord of the Rings-esque. Yeah, I agreed, yes. Um, you had, so you had like first round of soldiers, which were just soldier dudes, all of whom are uh, Middle Eastern. We're going to get to this. Uh, and you had the Immortals, which is a band of highly trained warriors. That ended up being monsters. Yeah, they were mad. They're actually really cool looking. Like, they're, they're cool looking. I, when I remember like, when I saw this movie, the, and I mean, Zack Snyder is obviously a video game fan, which we'll get to more in Sucker Punch. But you did have that feeling of like, you start with the sort of just basic 
Um, and I'm sure I don't play enough video games to know terminology, but I'm sure there's a word for it. Like your first level guys that you just shoot once and they die. Yeah. And then you go up a level where you've got like these ninja dudes that have like silver face masks that hide their deformities. Then along with that, you get the occasional troll. Uh, yeah. And then, and so on. Then you get giant elephant thingies and so on. Yeah. It's like in Resident Evil when all of a sudden the dogs, the scary dogs come and you have to start killing the zombie dogs. Exactly. They up the ante with zombie dogs. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing at all like that, but it's like that. that um, just like life, man. Just like life. Um, and so that is the basic of it. Within the Spartans, you have Leonidas, played by Gerard Butler, who shouts a lot and says his dialogue like that. Oh my god, that's hurting my throat. I don't think I can do that this episode. Uh, he must have been drinking a lot of tea with honey. It's seriously, when you really think about it, it what he did to his vocal cords, it's, it's like a Janis Joplin performance, but with better abs. <laughs> But did you notice that he kept sliding more and more into Scottish, Scottish? brogue? Well, like, yeah. I mean, let's face it. The enemies speak with Middle Eastern accents, and the heroes speak with British or UK Ish. accents. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Yeah, um, Gerard Butler occasionally started to sound, and now this, I, I'm not getting off topic here, but he he is Scottish, as is one of my loves, James McAvoy, who is also a Scot, Scotsman. Um, they have very similar ways about them. And Gerard Butler started to turn on the charm, and his accent slid very heavily into the Scottish. And I was like, what movie did he just step into? This is, this is kind of strange. He was making McAvoy faces. And this I was, is all justifying my 2006 crush on him. It totally is, but I didn't understand it. And then he would get around people with more, like, hard British accents, and then he would, he would lose it. He would shake it. Yeah. And I, it was just, it was kind of distracting. Right, well, because the rest of the soldiers obviously are British and speak with a British accent. Yeah. Fassbender's, Fa- doing Fassbender's using his fancy one. He's using his Jane Eyre British accent. And, and he's fun in it. He plays basically like the young, hot-headed soldier who's just yeah. really excited to die. Uh, he's got a um, kind of bromance with uh, the son of Leonidas's captain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a question about this. If we're, that, if we're spoiling. Um, okay. I think we kind of, guys, it's 300. They, they start the movie telling, I think, because it is narrated by one of the characters. Yes. And I, I want to say that they open the movie and you know how it ends, but I might be wrong about that. But for those who um, have not seen it, uh, Christine, do you recommend, because we'll, we'll start spoiling, but do you recommend they watch this movie if they haven't seen it before we spoil it? I mean, I guess so. Okay, I, I recommend it. <laughs> it's good stuff that you maybe would entertain you. Okay. But um, so, I just, I mean, people ahead. are going to die. It's like an yeah. epic, like, battle. Yeah. Like, people you know, are going to die. Guess what? They all die. But we, I mean, we can go ahead and continue to go through the cast. I just want to, when we, we touch upon the son. Okay, yeah, the um, son who totally has a, like, has a K-lobe look from PLL, right? Oh, my God, yes. Like, sh- like sh- where I had to see if they were related. I don't think they are. No, I don't think so. Uh, now, are you going to talk about the um, underlining sort of, uh, just because I know you, and I know Oof. what your favorite thing to find in movies is homoeroticism? Oh my god, there's so much homoeroticism Obviously, in this Obviously, it's stuff. a movie about <laughs> ancient Greek warriors. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. You know what? I'm going to criticize this movie, and I'm going to say there should have been more homoeroticism. Uh, yes, there should have been. <laughs> now, let's further criticize it. Now, here's the thing about Zack Snyder. Okay, so this is obviously a very Zack Snyder-centric episode. Um... Prior to this film, you had Zack Snyder make 
Dawn of the Dead. Which, which is one of the best movies ever. I don't awesome. care. However, my only issue with the with his remake of Dawn of the Dead is one that I don't think I noticed until our dear friend Jason Fozzi over at the Development Hell podcast mm-hmm. pointed this out. And ever since he said that, whenever I watch it now, I'm like, oh my God, you're right. Wait, the what? movie is so fucking homophobic. Oh my God, yes. You have, and this, it doesn't, it's not quite as strong in the theatrical cut, but the DVD, which I don't know, I think they've only ever released the extended DVD, which is not as good as the theatrical cut. Um, there is a character in the Dawn of the Dead remake who, he's like the older guy that they rescue at one point with the group, and he's, he talks about being like a church organist. Yeah, and he has to wear women's shoes. And there's a scene where he's like trying on women's shoes, which is yes. nothing, because it's like, oh, there's a montage, this is, you know, what you do in a store, maybe you try it's on what, women's shoes, whatever. Yeah, maybe, maybe, exactly. Whatever. God, sometimes you're inside my head. It's weird. Um, but in the extended cut, there is a scene where the two security dudes are like when they're still kind of like locked up, they're sitting there and the, um, organist dude, I'll call him, is sitting there like talking to them and he's just talking to them in this like ridiculous, he's telling them this really long story about the, the time he realized he was gay and it was when he looked at a man and saw his beautiful chest and like, it's just some very like, it's the kind because the because the guys who are being told this story are like oh dude shut up gross Mm -hmm. and it's the kind of thing that's not funny and it doesn't really do anything for the characters because it just makes these guys into assholes well they've already established that they are assholes yeah and so you don't need it you didn't need there's nothing wrong with having a character obviously there's nothing wrong with having a gay character in a setting like that but the way he does it it's that um it, it's, it's the same issue I had with uh, George Romero's Survival of the Dead, where he has the female character who's such a lesbian that every single line out of her ma- out of her mouth is how she is a lesbian. It, um, it's it's not progressive, and and you shouldn't get patted on the back for it if you're shoving it down people's throat. Yeah, not so, that you should not that you should get celebrated for having diverse characters, anyways. But if you're like, hey guys, see how? Hey hey hey, hey, hey do you see? Okay, do you see? Uh, you see? You see? See what I did? See what I did? See what I did? No, the only stop it! That's really in there is for like the you know teenage boys in the audience to do to be like huh like that like there's nothing it does. And granted, I don't know if that was Zack Snyder or James Gunn's script or mm-hmm. what. I don't know, but it, except that in this movie you have um, what very early in the movie where. Leonidas is complaining about the rest of Greece and he's calling Athenians um, oh god I didn't write down the, li- the line but he basically calls them all like boy lovers yes guess what everybody in fucking ancient Greece was a boy lover it is this movie is not homoerotic it is homophobic it is fucking bizarre it's well because then you also have um, the per now Xerxes we haven't talked about him yet the enemy of the dude you know who played Xerxes yeah Nico from Lost, dude. I didn't know that. I remember knowing that going in, and then being like, "I don't, I don't understand." Like, what? That's not him. It's the yeah, Nico from Lost and from Love Actually. I don't yeah, know. I had no idea. I was like, "He's not a giant. How? How? <laughs> He's not twelve feet tall." Oh, movie making. <laughs> the magic of you film. Play me. Um, and Xerxes is just completely. You know, has piercings and speaks with a... Super flamboyant. So flamboyant. And again, it's... On one hand, it's like, it's fine because it's kind of a cool character thing. Except that 
the the other huge issue with this movie is you can argue, okay, historically, yes, they are fighting the Persians. So therefore, the uh -huh. Persians are Middle Eastern. But the fact that the Greeks are so white and the Persians are all so Persian, or you have a messenger who's black. Anybody that's not white is the enemy in this movie. Yeah. A little bit of a problem. It's it's really glaring. It's glaring. I didn't well the first time I watched it and I didn't notice it. But watching it this time and even like not I didn't go into it thinking to watch for that. I was actually more um like the thing I really wanted to watch for was to really think about uh how Zack Snyder handles female characters, which we'll get to. Um but I just it was just so glaring from the cuz the very first enemy you meet is um I don't know the actress name but He's Animaeus or Doctori from Spartacus. Uh, and he is just, he's a very African black man. Yeah. And there's really no reason why you would have to have that. Maybe they were trying to establish different parts of Greece being different ethnicities. But it gets really noticeable when you realize that the only enemies, the only characters shown in a negative light, other than the swarmy... Um, Dominic West, Dominic right? West, yeah. Nolte, uh, other than him, like, all of the enemies are not white. <laughs> yeah. Problem. And, mm, and when he has, like, a goatee, like an evil goatee, like, he should just be tw twirling his mustache at some point. That's true. That is so true. we knew he was bad. Well, um, and there's a, there's an exchange between, geez Louise, was it between him and, and Gerard Butler? I think it was, where Gerard Butler was like, basically, in so many words, it's cool that you don't come and fight, you're a bitch anyways, and we need, <laughs> we need more bitches in Sparta or something. I was like, what is he doing? I That's so offensive. The dialogue. Oh, yeah. This, this, um, it, this is one of those movies that I'm sure is very beloved to and by a lot of different groups of people. It's, I mean, it's a very, um, I don't want to, I don't want to go, it's a very militaristic film, mm -hmm. obviously. The point of this movie is brave men fight and weak men don't. Mm -hmm. um, now, granted, ancient Greece, it's probably kind of true, like, yeah. you know, um, and I mean, the Spartan, I watched on the, the DVD does have a lot, the Blu-ray has a lot of features, and one of which is a, a pretty entertaining, I don't know if it was like made for the History Channel or something, but it's a documentary that's kind of about, you know, fact or fiction, how accurate is 300 to ancient Greece, and so a lot of the, the ideas and kind of concepts and themes are very are very realistic. Uh, mm -hmm. They talk about the way women are handled was, yes, that women in Sparta had much more power than most ancient societies. You know, they still weren't members of the Senate. They still would have to, would have to get permission to speak in front of, uh, you know, politicians. But they were treated as equals with their husband. They were very sexual. They were very, they were women exercised and were probably were probably as fit as Lena Hetty in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, so, it, like, there are, like, a lot of, you know, things that are probably, you know, pretty historically accurate, whether that was Snyder or um, Frank Miller or uh, the other writers. Um, yeah, have you read this? No, no. I have. I have not either. Okay. Well, um, I, I was just curious. The, um, the one thing I know, just based on kind of rough research, is that uh, Lena Hetty's character, or Cersei Lannister's character, if you will, mm -hmm. um, her... In, I believe from what I read in the graphic novel 
her character is not very central. She is in the very beginning of the book and that's it. Yeah, she's barely in it. That, that was my understanding as well. And I'm going to say that um, this this movie is not pacey at all. Um, it it drags quite a bit for me. Um, in, in it, but its beats are very clear. Um, there was a point where I was, I was, um, I, I, I went and I got a drink and I was, you know, walking back to the couch and I said, I thought to myself, huh, really not looking forward to when they head back to Sparta in five seconds. Cause I could just feel it. I could feel it coming. And then it did. And it just, for me, that really slowed things down and it was pointed out well maybe because this is what is clearly not in the source material and i said "Eh, maybe and it's it's like a shoehorned story that and like i said i've not read it but what was if we're to assume that none of the stuff with lena hetty is is in the source material which i believe is true what is the point of having it oh i think a few things I think that, um, for one thing, is it gives you the other... It makes you understand kind of why they have to fight this way without the support of um, the politicians. Mm-hmm. Because you find out that, yeah, it's because the other guys are corrupt and kind of are keeping, you know, are, are getting paid by the Persians. They're letting this happen. Mm-hmm. So it establishes that. Um, I think it... Uh, See, now, I, I don't know if we're going to agree or disagree. Here's what I've decided about Zack Snyder, and this will, will, this will become a different conversation when we get to Sucker Punch. Um, you know, we talk a lot, us, us being women and being women, I think, who watch films and are very, find the portrayal of women a very important thing to watch. Um, I think Zack Snyder probably gets branded uh, like a chauvinist a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think Zack Snyder loves women. I think Zack Snyder loves powerful women. I think he loves conventionally beautiful, powerful women. I don't think he always knows how to portray them or how to handle them. But when I was thinking about it, I'm like, you know, between this, between Dawn of the Dead, between Man of Steel, which I hated, but I thought Lois Lane was done fantastic. Yeah, I still haven't seen it, so. Yeah, it's, I mean, Man of Steel, I I really disliked. And again, it's another movie, the further I get away from it, the more things I pick at it. But one of the things I thought it did very well was I really did like how it handled its female characters. The the villain, um, whose name I can't remember, uh, was was badass and didn't make a difference whether she was male or female and Amy Adams as Lois Lane I thought was a really good take on Lois Lane so I now Sucker Punch is a whole separate conversation Mm -hmm. but I think and watching this movie if I'd watched this kind of without the context of Sucker Punch and I remember when I saw it the first time I was really happy to to say you know it's like I I love Lena Headey for one thing anyway as do um, I. And, like, you know, I I don't know that it's the best way to deal with this kind of female character. Um, but I think it is a, like, she was clearly designed to be a, quote-unquote, strong female character. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, she's a strong female character who has to get raped uh, to get power, essentially. And, and, and... She has to get raped to get power, but she never really achieves that power, which is something that we'll talk about in Sucker Punch, because she never does anything. She gets raped. She doesn't even say, yo, I'm your queen. This dude raped me. 
She stabs him in the and the coins fall out. She doesn't do anything. It's all happenstance. Well, she stabs him, but she doesn't. She's not the reason that he's revealed to have been like. Well, she is because she fucking stabs him and money falls out. But do you feel like that's giving her actual power? I think it's an attempt to. Okay, but it's not like she doesn't use she doesn't use her her cunning skills. She doesn't put two and two together. She doesn't say like motherfuckers. I'm your yeah. queen. This this asshole's doing the, the underhanded shit, and our families, our husbands, our sons are out there dying. Look at this asshole. That's different. That's an awesome character. She yeah. got raped and then stabbed a guy and didn't even she didn't say anything. I, okay. I was upset. I'm, like, what's the I'm point if you're not going all the way? Of it's ancient Greece. I don't okay. know that rape holds any meaning because everybody's raping everybody in ancient Greece. And if you got that raped, is it was your own fault. No, man, that's totally true. You're. You're, you're spot on. But this movie informs us that the rape should hold weight. Yeah, I could see that. It says to me, he's saying, he, he says to her, like, this is what's going down. Like, it's a big deal. Like, it's a thing. Like, he, he tells us that he is violating her. Yeah. So if, if, if the movie is saying this is a big deal, then, like, it should have been treated like... Uh, that's the thing, is I... <laughs> I think the movie does try to in that. Oh, man. What's the best way to get revenge? Well, you, you're, what's the best way to deal with that? You get revenge. You stab a guy in his chest. All right, all right. Now, granted, I don't, you're right. This movie isn't smart enough to really deal with that the way it should. Um, but I think its heart is in the right place in doing that. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that in the very, you know, the first scene when the black messenger comes to, uh, you know... <laughs> Is that what he's credited as? Might as well be. Um, when he comes to, you know, deal with Leonidas, and Leonidas looks at Gorgo basically to say, what should I do here? And I like that. And stabs him. It's very... Or pushes him into a giant pit that's just there because it's ancient Greece and just had yep. giant pits left. I caught that. I like, caught that. Yeah, it is definitely... Um, it, it's very clearly saying this woman is, is a powerful woman and is important to Leonidas. Yes. And, I mean, it's the same, even the fact that they have a very passionate relationship and you get a very, you know, it's obviously there because, hey, great, tits. Um, it's but true. it's also a sex scene that I think does do something because it gives, um, in, you know, within, what, 30 seconds of a lot of um, soft focus, uh, you know, every position that you can cram into 30 seconds. Um, it does establish right there. These two characters have a really strong marriage where they love each other and respect each other. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's things like that, that I really do like about this film. And I think that's what they meant to do with it. Again, I don't, I, yes, I'd rather a character not get raped and then stab a guy and happen to, you know, reveal something about him by accident. Um, but I think, it was designed to give something to the female audience of like, yes, there is a strong woman in this movie. But like we were just talking about, about um, in regards to like the homophobia, like if you have a gay character and you smash us over the head with the fact that he's gay, aren't you kind of undoing what you claim are are seemingly trying to do? Like if you give me a female character and you like, and it, it's clear that you're trying to give her something to yeah. do to make ladies go, yeah. Yeah, badass. Then didn't, didn't you just kind of undo it a little bit? But it's a different effect, though, because you're mm. trying to get women to say, to go see this movie and, and walk out of it 
with their boyfriends who are like, fuck yeah, there was blood. Where presumably the female walking out of the audience is like, there, hey, there was also a strong female character. I mean, they could, the it could have been, it could have been a joke. It could have been awful. She could have right. been non-existent or just really offensive. And, and I'm glad that it's not like that. Yeah. Whereas to me, the other thing, like we're saying, when you have a gay character in a movie, only there to, to have other characters make jokes about it. Yeah. You're not giving anything to the gay audience with a yes. quote unquote strong female character. You are clearly trying to appease your female audience, whether you're doing it the right way or not. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think, you know, the motivation for that was in the right place. Fair enough. I'm clearly asking for too much. <laughs> I really feel like I am. I, mean, I feel yeah, like I am this... asking for too much in a movie about <laughs> Greek guys fighting each other with giant exactly. spears. In a, um, in a big budget, primarily green screened movie whose prime target is boys between the ages of yeah. 14 and 20. So you frame yes, it like that. I'm yes. going to give a movie a huge pass for having Thank a you. strong female character, even if it's not, you know. <laughs> There's just something about like, well, come on, we gotta, get, we gotta, we gotta, you know, make, make the ladies do something. We gotta give something to her to do. She can stab the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's so superficial to me that I, I almost cycle back to being like, uh you shouldn't have even bothered. But again, that's just me being hypercritical. So I'll shut up and I'll stop. <laughs> well, I would say too, um, when we get to our scores, I'm going to have a very particular reason for a certain score. One of which is, without this movie, I don't think we would have had the Stars series Spartacus. Probably um, not, which I don't like. But did, how much did you watch of Spartacus? Like an episode, yeah, I thought. That's the whole thing. Spartacus's first few episodes are not that great. They're very... Like a lot of shows that have these really high concepts. Orange is a New Black, another prime example. Wait till episode three. That's when it gets really good. Mm -hmm. um, Spartacus was is obviously so influenced by this movie. It was yeah. Because you have the same aesthetic. You have the same um, sort of anachronistic music, but yet you're kind of trying to use language of the time. And you something they Spartacus also did was... It approached, um, it, it approached like the body the same way, whereas this movie obviously is just in love with the male, like the perfect male and female bodies and mm -hmm. gives you boobs and gives you butts and gives you everything. Spartacus does the same thing where it's, it was never even, to an extent, it never even felt um, gratuitous when you would have like, you know, a sex scene with Spartacus and his wife that would go on, like you'd have every episode because you're like, well, they're really in love. But also something that Spartacus did was it had that similar, like all the, the most of the women were also these very like warrior-esque women. Yeah. Who, yes, were fucking gorgeous, but could also, you know, could wield a sword and take care of themselves. Um, so yeah, and, and Spartacus does get, is better at that because also it's TV. So you have more time where it's not just, okay, we have one woman in the cast, and so she's got to do, she has to both be the strong woman, but also be the one that gets raped because we have a plot point to move. Yeah. Spartacus was able to spread that out. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's a good, if you're curious of, like, the evolution of this, uh, I think that's a great example. Although this also had a recent sequel where I know the villain, like, the main villain was played by Eva Green, so. Yeah, I am, I'm kind of curious. I'm very um, curious. It got some decent reviews. Like, reviews in the sense of people that were like, 
well, hey, it was fun, which is what I want from a movie like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're not, so you're, you're, yeah, you're not happy with the, the portrayal of, uh, of females. <laughs> eh, I mean, it's not my biggest gripe. I just, I, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't have even, because of the nature of this film, um, I wouldn't have even been looking for it, except they, sure. I feel like they tried to give it to me and I was just like, nah, that's not, that's not it. That's not right. Okay. So. Now, what else do you, cause I feel like there's a couple of like things that, that stick out strongly for things you don't like about the movie. Um, I just, I really think it's boring. Do you um, just not like beheadings? Because I really like beheadings. I don't like the CGI blood. It looks real bad. Um, whoa, Stephen McHattie? I didn't even realize he was... Yeah, 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 yeah. I was so excited. Oh my he's, god, he's the... He's haunting me lately. Jesus, he's the He guy. was in that Haunter movie. He looks so different when he has a tiny black goatee. Mm-hmm. Wow. He is in shape in this movie. Who isn't in this movie? Every everybody is scary in shape. And yeah, I really assumed for the longest time that like everybody's six packs were just green screened and like CGI enhanced. Mm-hmm. But supposedly they all went to go through intense boot camp. And no, they really did get those. Apps. Yeah. Uh, and I guess they all also had waxings together because there ain't no hair on any of. These I know movies. everybody's very smooth. Um, I to, I think I was watching this and had to stop it to watch RuPaul's Drag Race, and it was this moment of realization of like how similar oh no it was what I was no that was, wasn't this it was um uh we were watching WWE Raw on Monday night watching wrestling and like it was where my DVR was trying to record two things so we had to change the channel mm-hmm. and it was this moment of realizing that professional wrestlers and drag queens have so much in common not just no body hair but like just the performance aspect and everything else um but yes there's like all these dudes no body hair I mean uh-huh. for the Middle Easterners did So that bothered you, obviously. You didn't. You you didn't think it was boring. Oh God, no, no. I'm. The action stuff is really, really good. Yeah, and granted, the style. It's the kind of movie that um, if you walked into it like 20 minutes in, and it was just like playing on my TV, and you walked in, you're like, "What are you watching? Oh my God, this is stupid." But if you sit down and watch it and get immersed in it from the beginning, you're like, okay, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. This is the aesthetic. This is, you know, this is the color palette. This is what blood looks like. This is, yes, there are going to be soldiers who happen to just be giants. Okay. But if you kind of step into it, it looks ridiculous. But because it's consistent throughout, um, you know, it's just, okay, this is, this is the look of this film. Mm-hmm. And to me, it never cheats. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, some of the, and I guess, and again, something else having not read the graphic novel, Mm -hmm. but I believe it is very panel for panel of. of Yeah. I was clicking through um, the IMDb pictures and they were like side by sides on some of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, this is a comic book movie. Now this came shortly after Sin City, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Since it was in 2005, I think. And, you know, it, it is, again, the way Spartacus couldn't exist without this. This probably couldn't exist without Sin City. Um, and it, and it's a, you know, it's a, it's a very different palette, but it's a very similar concept of this is a very comic booky world that you're looking mm-hmm. at. Deal with it or get out. Because if you can't deal with it, you're not going to enjoy the next two hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know, man. There's there's just something slow moving about it for me. Um, Would it it have been improved if one of the the deleted scenes, um, which features in Zack Snyder's words, midget archers? Oh no! The giants' backs would that have improved it for you? Oh no! calls them midget archers, which I don't oh. think should have said on a recording. No, see, I think, oh, this is going to sound mean. I just don't think Zack Snyder knows. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I think, and again, we're going to get to that when we talk about Sucker Punch. Yeah. I think he means well. I really do. I, I'm sure, um, I'm trying to think of like who to compare him to. He's, you know, he's that dude that's like a little, even though I'm sure he's probably like 40 or so. He's mm-hmm. that dude that's maybe like a year or two younger than you that um, you meet at like a party and he's so confident and passionate about what he's talking about. Uh-huh. And you just sit back and you're like, yeah, but we don't call them midgets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's that guy that's like so into what he's doing and really feels like he's doing it right. And, oh man, I got this movie called Sucker Punch and it's it's about how strong women are and how like we see them a certain way but really they're so much stronger than that. Oh, it's, it's great. It's going to change the way that, you know, boys think about girls. Oh, Zach, you're so cute. Yeah. You know? um, so, I mean, yeah, it's not like Neil LeBute where it's actively... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, um, this attitude that just I think is really, really dangerous... It's a different kind. It's that I just don't think he knows. Yeah, there's something you posted on the Facebook page, and I was like, oh, does he not understand? Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. It's the, I know the exact quote. The quote yeah. I didn't put the girls in these outfits. The audience did. Oh, sweetie pie. That's oh, honey, how it works. Honey. <laughs> um, I will... Uh, I think people should see this movie if they somehow haven't. Um, I think that it's visually interesting... Um, is as much as I say that it's overlong for me and I find it boring. I didn't get up during it. I didn't pause it. I watched it straight through. This is the third time. Um, there are a lot of the visuals that are very compelling and beg to be watched. Um, Excellent beheading, by the way. Yeah. I think that beheading is actually done. Brian and I always laugh about how, like, you should never put a beheading in a movie unless you want a laugh. Because it almost, it can never look good. It always looks silly anytime you do it. But like this one, he was like, I didn't laugh at that. Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of violence in here that's not, not funny, even though I, I can say stuff about the CGI blood, but it, it, it doesn't, it's not absurd. It never reads as absurd, which is good. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just not really for, for me. I don't, I don't know. Um, it's totally for me because it's a just like you're not wild about Watchmen, right? I'm. I am very. I have a, two. I have several very glaring issues with Watchmen. Uh huh. Um, I really hate some of the casting choices. Mm-hmm. I think certain actors were just way too young and attractive to play those parts. Are you talking about my boyfriend, Patrick Wilson? I'm talking about our boyfriend, Patrick Wilson. Ma'am, I, I love me some Patrick Wilson. I ain't mad at that casting, but that casting was not it's, accurate. For because it's one. I am generally not someone who's very beholden to. You have to do what's in the book because I think to me, I love film adaptations for of novels that I've read because I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by how you can. Um, adapt, not translate that to the screen. 
Yeah. But that that the movie tries so hard to be so close that the the two casting decisions and really it's Patrick Wilson and Malin Ackerman, right? Well, Malin Ackerman I think is just not good in the movie. I just think she I don't know if it was direction or just her take on the character is just so flat and boring mm-hmm. and for a character that essentially has like the most lines of the movie to speak like that it's really bothersome to me mm-hmm. but his casting um I, I guess Matthew Good's casting too I just think they're too young um and, and Matthew Good is so I love him he's so boyish yeah and so much of the book is about how this is their past their prime and they're older and they feel it and like the love scene in the book between I'm just gonna say Patrick Wilson and Malin Ackerman because I can't remember their character's name in the book it's like (laughs) I remember the panel and it's like he's paunchy and oh man this really interesting moment where you have over the hill romance and in this movie it's just hot young people in bodysuits yep and I think that really takes away from the movie Oh, it tells a different story for for yeah. sure. But I mean, that um, being said, there's other things that I like. The changed ending I think is more appropriate for the film. Me too. Uh, you have some fantastic performances, some amazing visuals. I just, you know, so it's different issues that I have with Watchmen. Yeah, I and I am very forgiving of Watchmen, um, and I am not forgiving of yeah this movie at all. I think for me, a lot of it is. And I think this is something I'll see more as I see more Zack Snyder films. I've seen, I guess, all of his mainstream films at this point. Mm -hmm. When the subject matter is light, I think he's fine. His danger for me is when he tries to get heavy. Yeah. Uh, Because I love Dawn of the Dead. This movie, to me, I really, you know, I don't think it's a great movie. I think there are a lot of things to pick out and complain about. But I think that he has made a super, for me, a super enjoyable, really unique film that entertains me. Mm-hmm. Um, Watchmen, I like some of his choices, but I also just find it sluggish and long. Mm-hmm. And Sucker Punch we'll get into. And Man of Steel made me really angry because he took Superman and made it into this dark, drab boring, unpleasant tale. And I just, I want, I think Zack Snyder is like passionate and enthusiastic and I want him to always be joyful in his movies. Mm-hmm. And when he's that way, like, which I think he is in this, I think he's excited by, um, by the Spartan Spartans and watching it. Like I get excited with it. Same thing I feel in Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Whereas when he tries to get serious, which it's fucking Superman. You don't have to do that. It's just, for me, really, really unpleasant. Yeah. Um, I understand. I mean, maybe if, if Man of Steel had midget archers, the world would be a different place. I don't know. Okay, so do you have more to say? Or have we... Uh, I think I... We can do? I think I have said my piece. Uh, you know, one thing I do want to mention? Yes, I fucking please. hate when characters have to talk with food in their mouths. Oh, my God. And I know, like, oh, it's Brad Pitt's thing and, you know, doing it's a character choice sometimes because mm-hmm. it shows him. But, like, he's fucking eating an apple. And I can't even understand him to begin with. And he's it's talking with it, spitting out his mouth. Yeah. My, I don't even think it was a CGI apple. I think it was a real apple. <laughs> yeah, his mouth wasn't even full. Ah, you know, 
It just, just uh, I don't know. It's like when people talk in their mouth and it's supposed to be funny. I just never find it funny. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's just... All right, so Christine. Yeah. Quality of film for Zack Snyder's 300. Man, this, this, <laughs> the way that we, we word that now is causing me pause. Is it um, better for you to do quality of life first? Do you, do you want to... Uh, well, quality of film. Do I think this is a, a good quality film? And, uh, and, oh, man. So, <laughs> can you go first? On a scale of, if, if you can have up to six abs, right? Uh-huh. abs would you give this movie out of six? I honestly, I think, my, my heart is saying, like, 6.5. I don't... 6.5. Yeah. Lot of abs. It is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, quality of for film for me, I'm going to say is, I'm going to go a little higher, because I think this movie does show, like, I when I saw this movie, I'm like, I want to see more from that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I still, feel, I want to see more movies from the guy, the Zack Snyder that made 300. Um, so I'm going to go a solid seven, mm-hmm. I think, for quality of film. <laughs> that translates into... Um, 4.2 abs, by the way. Oh, okay, good. Thank you for doing that conversion. I didn't have my calculator. No, yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've studied it a lot, so it's in my head. I got it, got a mental calculator for it. Uh, for me, <clears throat> enjoyment of life uh, is, is much higher because I fucking like this movie. And, excuse me, as I keep coughing. <clears throat> and uh, without this movie, we would not have Spartacus. And that includes mm-hmm. the actor who played Doctori. I bet got that part because they were like, who was that, like, you know, the, the dude that gets kicked in the hole? Spartacus. We want him. Um, <laughs> so for quality of, of entertainment and life made by the film, uh, I'm going to go an 8.25. Okay. That's really high. Look at you. I'm um, going to enjoy this movie. Like I said, I can't, I can't so give abs. it. I can't give it like a four because I didn't. I never got frustrated enough with it to pause it and walk away or be like, oh, I got to finish this tomorrow. <laughs> so I can't go that low. So I'm just going to go straight five because sure. it's not unwatchable to me, but it's not something that I will revisit out of pleasure. Okay. Like, oh, I'd like to sit down and look at this. I watched 300. I understood. Understood. All right. So we are going to take a little break. We are. <laughs> I'm laughing already. Uh, we are going to. Um, I'm going to put my hair in pigtails. Oh, my God. I have to go put on my thigh highs. Put on your thigh highs. Uh, I mean, I take off the thigh highs I'm wearing and put on new thigh highs. New thigh highs, yeah. Um, it's it's a lot of work to look like that, I tell you. i got to make sure my makeup is impeccable. No, we're going we're gonna to pause now for at least an hour and a half while we get ready. <laughs> it, it, it's not easy, despite what movies will teach you. I mean, those girls could do it because they were like, they were in an asylum. What else did they have to do? Nothing but spend three hours on their makeup and dancing. So we're going to come back and talk about Sucker Punch. Hold on tight, fellas. Crazy. I'm crazy for feeling so lonely I'm crazy Crazy for feeling so blue I knew you 
you but I really need to invest in um, better fishnets why did you rip yours again yeah and I tried the nail polish trick you know how if you have like a run in your stockings you can put nail polish on it but fishnets are different because they're thicker so it really doesn't hold oh I'm sorry a bit of a problem it's actually a week later (laughs) (laughs) it's taken a long time for us to get ready for this that's how it goes when you are um, (laughs) strong women who might be crazy or might not be real or might be samurai uh, fantasies. Who even knows at this point? All right. So, ah, Sucker Punch. Zack Snyder, Sucker Punch, 2011. Uh, This was Zack Snyder's first kind of original film in that it was not based on, it was not a remake or based very directly on source material. Mm-hmm. He co-wrote it with a man named Steve Shibuya, which is really fun to say. I didn't realize that until I just said that out loud. It was yeah. wonderful. Shibuya! I wonder if, remember when Booya was big, like in the late 90s? I think it was the late 90s. I was saying it after that. but I know. You, I heard you say it yesterday. So I, I use it quite a lot. But remember like when it was like, I wonder if people used to like anytime be like, oh, Hey, hey, Shabuya! If like that was his nickname, yeah, his nickname, probably. Like, I don't know if you'd call it a nickname if it's just a certain way of pronouncing a name with enthusiasm, but that's pretty awesome. Um, he was he wrote stuff, but not much. But he did he was a production assistant on Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, fun! Fancy that IMDb trivia. Fancy that. Oh, uh, so I didn't watch this movie until a few nights ago when I went. I am so fascinated by this. <laughs> you saw it in the theaters. I saw it in the theater. I was very excited about it. I thought it could be awesome. Okay. And I still think it could have been awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I think there's a lot of potential for it to be awesome. I want this movie, a new version of this movie. Give it to me. Who would you like to direct it? Or would you like I, Zack Snyder to take a second? I would like somebody else to... I would, I would like someone to guide him. <laughs> Like, he needs, um, like, a spirit guide. Who could be a spirit guide? Yeah, he needs to not be left to his own devices. This is the case of, you know, and we've, we've seen it before with other, other filmmakers. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of who, and then I realized I was totally thinking of Project Runway instead. When there was <laughs> one guy in season four, Michael, who did fantastic stuff in, like, all the challenges that were so specific. And then it was like, okay, and now just make your own line. He just suddenly, he made shit. And it was this moment of realizing it wasn't that he had good taste. It was that he had, like, really good <clears throat> skills when you gave him limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this case, Zack Snyder clearly had very few limitations. Some people know. need to be reined in. It's, yes. Um, it's the whole getting too big to have an editor, but really an editor is there for a reason, Stephen. Yeah. Looking at yep. you. Uh, so Sucker Punch, would you like to give a synopsis? Oh, man. I don't know. Can I? Um, geez, Louise. Okay, so people say that this is like, this, this movie's like Inception. 
It's not. It's it's just telling like three different stories at any given time. I am to assume that in the real world, Sweet Pea, um, shit goes down with Sweet Pea and her stepdad and her sister. Baby doll. Um, baby doll. I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on. I know. Why did I get those Can't two you names? Tell confused? them apart. All right. So details. it opens with baby doll. It actually opens with a curtain opening, which is apparently very important. But anyways, um, baby doll. Blah blah blah. Bad shit happens. Her stepfather. Um, puts her in an institution, a mental institution, where she meets all the other girls. Among them, um, Sweet Pea, who is Abby Cornish, who I love. Rocket, who is Jenna Malone, who I love. Amber, who is Jamie Chung, who I love. And then Vanessa Hudgens, whose name I can't think of right now. Uh, um, thank you. Um, I love all of these women. I think they are fun and interesting actresses, all of them. Um, she meets them all, and Carla Gugino is there, being like a doctor or something. So I'm still in. I'm in at this point. Okay. Let's do this. Quickly, we realize that, no, 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 we're not in an asylum. We're sometimes in a whorehouse? Burlesque house. Whorehouse. Bad place with sex stuff. Um, and then the outfits get crazy. And it's, it's awesome. Like... Sometimes I am a 12-year-old boy. I also like shiny I like shiny things. Shiny this movie shiny. I like shiny things and I like pretty outfits and I like I like well-styled things and I like girls with nice makeup and I like oh my god. Wow. Emily Browning's makeup looks amazing. I like things like that. So again, I am still fucking in. You haven't lost me yet. And and I mean as any 12-year-old boy, you really like Scott Glenn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it's true. I'm having a Scott Glenn themed birthday party for my 13th, for, for my 13th birthday. Um, but then so now we're in the burlesque world with like skimpy clothes and like crazy dances and all what you never see, but whatever. And then, but then there's a fighty world where there's even crazier outfits, it's a which are, world. which are still awesome. The outfits are still awesome and they're still cool looking and it's still cool and they're fighting a lot. What the fuck is going on in this movie? <laughs> oh my god. So basically the the thrust of this film is Baby Doll is in the asylum. She wants to get out of the asylum. So she it's she has to collect stuff. Again, very video gamey. Mm-hmm. She has to collect items in order to bust out of the institution. And all the girls help for some reason. Um and they're gonna get out. But and that's when it kind of traverses through these different realms where we spend very little time in the asylum world. Yes. Most of our time is in the, in the sexy dance world. Sexy dance world. Um, so they are in the sexy dance world, but not really because they're really in an asylum, but we're in the sexy dance world and sexy dance stuff happens and, and sex stuff happens. And that's when, when that stuff is happening, they're actually fighting like big monsters and robots and, like dead Nazis and and it's supposed to symbolize empowerment and like a battle and escapism because when when she, when when baby doll sexy dances um when she sexy dances in in middle world the 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 brothelly world in middle earth in the middle one when she does that she's actually getting raped is that what's happening? 
<laughs> First of all, I think I can speak for anybody listening to this episode when I say I really like hearing you, Christine, say Sexy Dance World. <laughs> well, that's to me what it is. That's where all the sexy dances happen. Life ain't nothing but a sexy dance world. Because there's no sexy dances in the first the first asylum world, and then in the in the in the it fighting takes, world, it takes us two worlds to get to sexy dance world. Where we have yeah, but I I guess she's getting raped or or she's literally dancing. I've seen literal interpretations of this. Like she is so good at gyration that. Everyone has to look at her and the other girls can steal these items that they need to break out. But I've also read that, no, that's way too literal. You shouldn't be that literal, especially in in the world that doesn't exist, the brothel world. And she's getting raped. Yeah, one of the big problems. That's why you never see it. That's why you never see her dance, because she's not literally dancing. She's being raped. Well, it's funny that we're doing this right after doing Company of Wolves. Mm -hmm. Because I have a similar complaint to this movie that I had with that, which is... They're, the stakes are so um, uh, undefined mm-hmm. that it's hard to ever know if you should care or not. Yeah. Uh, so when characters start dying, it's hard to know, well, are they real? Do they exist? Which Do they only exist in Sex and Dance World? Or should I actually be upset? If, if this is an actual asylum, did, they, did four... Uh, people just die here. Yep, they didn't establish certain boundaries, so there's no weight yeah. to certain things. And the other big issue with this is that when they kind of tell you, um, I th- do you want to just say we're going to talk about this in detail and we're going to be talking spoilers as we go? Yeah. Because I think this is a movie that um, is... To really discuss it, you do need to look at the whole thing, including the alternate ending, or not the alternate ending, but a deleted scene by the ending, which I think says so much. About the John Hamm one? Yes. Yeah. We'll get there. Because I think that actually, right when I could kind of see what Zack Snyder was doing, when I read about that ending, I'm like, oh my God, he really did in- it. It's insane. Yeah. Um, but so within that, so you have, um, but one of the things I wanted to mention was the end you have baby doll say this wasn't my this was never my story this is sweet pea's story oh my god well, who okay the fuck is sweet pea yeah it's Gabby cornish and she's she's actually the, i think one of the only ones that really manages to like get some personality mm-hmm. um but it's is it really her story so wait why is it her story? Because we've been told it's her story? So was Jenna Malone really her sister? Is her sister now dead? Did she come to an asylum because her sister got caught in some shit? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It makes no sense for you to tell me at the end of this movie. And I understand part of, like, Sucker Punch is that also the ending is a sucker punch. Which, that's one issue when what actually happens to Emily Browning's character. But... To me, the bigger sucker punch was like, oh, this isn't my story. It's actually about another character that you know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, why? 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 Why, though? Why is that the case? I don't understand. Yeah, that they're not, there's nothing to Sweet Pea's character that gives me any reason to, I mean, I like her because I think Abby Cornish is good, like, is able to project a, a strong personality through yeah. No character whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I was like the, the last scene, like where she gets on the bus, I'm rooting for her, but I'm like, but am I, does she exist? Is this real? Is this bus a thing? Why is Scott Glenn? Why was he ever there? Exactly. Why does he, uh, that is confusing to me. Yeah. Um, it's, there's, 
Yeah, and I, again, we talked about it earlier, Zack Snyder meant well with this movie. Uh, and we, we shared a couple of interviews with him on the Facebook page that I think are fascinating to read. Mm-hmm. Because you see that, like, he really felt like what he was doing, and I, I think what he came at this movie was, was, okay, I've, I've made a couple of successful movies. I'm, be, I'm allowed to do what I want now. What do I want to do? Well, I'm going to use my video game action sensibilities. Got that? Check. Um, and I want to do an examination of what it means, you know, of what it means to be a, a fanboy or what it means for all of these, like, Sailor Moon-esque characters that, you know, dudes like me lust after and we love strong women. Um, I'm going to examine what that means. Except, Zack Snyder, you don't know what that means. Yeah. Oh, I want that movie. That's yeah, what I want. Fascinating. I think Zack Snyder is such, and I don't necessarily, I don't want to say this in a way that's, um, sound, it's a really weird insult to make, but Zack Snyder is such a conventional heterosexual male that his, he's trying to um, examine gender and how we see gender but he only sees gender one way. Yeah. He only That's sees what I mean when way. I said I want more, I wanted more hands in this. Yeah. Uh again, I wish I could rattle off other names I'd like to see tackle this and I just am not in the the mind for one. But the the concept is is really interesting on paper. You know, yes, put your have a movie about the beautiful women that we objectify and turn it on its head. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But how does he turn it on its head? How does he possibly think he turns it on his head? Because they have guns. Because they have guns and shoot imaginary phallic-like characters. Mm-hmm. But in the real world, they're just constantly being threatened to be raped. Uh, I yes. think, if that's even a thing. It's hard to I actually guess. know if that's ever a thing. And, and we do with the like, and the opening's kind of promising because it opens up pure video game prologue setup where it's mm-hmm. like ten minutes of just music and imagery telling the story, and you get everything you need to get. And it's Emily Browning who is twenty in the movie, and they do at one point she fills out or he fills out a form for her, and it says that she is twenty years old. Mm-hmm. If you know of a twenty-year-old really serious girl that wears giant pigtails, I would like to meet her and tell her that pigtails don't make you look old; they make you look silly. Mm-hmm. No offense if you wear pigtails, but you'll get what I mean if you watch this movie. No, it was a conscious choice with this character. But how was it? It wouldn't have been her choice, I guess. Yes. Um. So you get this inter- this kind of, I'm with the setup. I see what he's doing. That's kind of cool. Uh, setting it up. It's very atmospheric. It's very, he can make good looking films. And this is a beautifully looking film. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to the asylum. So now we're in kind of, it's still this really dark dang color palette i get it that's what asylums were i'm with you now we're moving into sexy dance world yep okay i'm with you at first i see what you're doing you try to immediately acknowledge with the abby cornish character of what i get of talking about how you're a sexual object and you know you have to play up to men's fantasies Mm -hmm. and then but at this point Emily Browning's whole character motivation is if I don't get out of here in five days, I am going to be sold to 
a character named the High Roller, and mm-hmm. he's gonna take my virginity. Yeah. Oh um, Okay, problematic, but hey, again, maybe he's trying to do something with that. Let's just jump ahead to the alternate deleted scene ending. The deleted okay. scene ending. Have uh-huh. you seen it, or do you just know about oh, it? Oh, no, I I own this Blu-ray. Okay, um, I got it from the library, so it didn't have, the. it did not have... Many- other than that, the only thing you missed was even more overlong fight sequences. Oh, oh god. They they somehow they were somehow longer. Oh my god. I I will It it is in its around. uncut form, it's almost unwatchable. Oh it's I, so meandering. The first one that happened, I was with the Me too. just her fighting these three giant characters. I'm like, this is cool. I get it. I'm I'm here. When it happened again within a minute. And that was this was the steampunk one, which is really cool mm-hmm. for a minute. I don't know how long it went on for, but it felt like it was a 30-minute sequence. Yep. I was so bored in all of these scenes. And I know that's what a lot of people said. How do you make a movie with hot chicks and kick-ass action sequences and have it be so fucking boring? Because you have no restraint. There's no restraint. There's no stakes. There's no sense of gravity. There's no... Sure, he can direct action really well. You, You see that in The Dawn of the Dead. His Dawn of the Dead is an excellent example of that. Mm-hmm. But there's also an, a pacing factor and a start and end, and you need to be telling a story within an action scene that just goes on and on and on, which he doesn't do. But jumping ahead to the ending. Yes. So in the, let's go with the, the theatrical ending, is um, Emily Browning escapes but is then caught, and then it turns, then we find out that right at that moment she gets a lobotomy. Okay. Yes. And John Hamm. <laughs> Sexy John Ham. Uh, and it's John- it's odd in the theatrical um, to see John Ham because at this point John Ham is a person and yeah. people know who he is. To yep. see him just kind of on the periphery and you're like, yep. is what's John Ham doing here? So it, it only makes sense that there's this deleted scene yes. that features him. So now you have seen the deleted scene. Would you yes. like to tell people about it? Because I've only read about it. Um, and I've, I've read similar things probably to what you have, and it's pretty comprehensive. But basically, and I, you might, if you have it up, you might need to pull exact pieces of dialogue because that's there and really lies the problem. Because I don't know if I can do it justice. But he shows up and he's basically like... In the fantasy section. In the fantasy, like, you gotta want this. And I want you to want this. And I believe I'm, the line that I oh my God. based on... Oh. I read the wiki on it because I was fascinated. Uh-huh. Give yourself to me and I'll make you free. Yeah. But so basically like I'm going to I'm going to fuck you. I'm going to rape you or whatever. But only but, if you tell me you want it. But on, but only if you want it cuz And and if you want it, what do you get? You get freedom, right? You get Yes. So what? Ugh, I really I wish I had kept I, I read it last night and I, I was going to bookmark it um, because I can't do it justice how how thoroughly offensive in well, here's the thing. Weird that is. It's like, what are you justifying? You're, it seems like they're they're talking circles around like some kind of sexual abuse. Ended with him saying, "Give yourself to me. I will set you free. I I am. I want. I want you. I want to possess you, but only if you want it." Which now that I'm saying this is totally labyrinth. Yeah, I know. <laughs> which is not. Me and I'll bad. give you everything. Um, if it, it's at the point where it's like, okay, to me. The way that scene then ends in my head as I'm reading about this is, and then she goes to kiss him and then snaps his neck and then 
she's free. Or she goes to kiss him, kicks him in the balls, and then he just slaps her, and then we get a lobotomy anyway. Yeah. Now, Christine, you've seen the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, what does she do? No, she's totally into she's it. She's fucking into it. So, um, In the description I read, the play-by-play that I read when I was doing my, my research, and was like clearly aroused, clearly turned on. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, why who made this? Ham. I'd be aroused too. Well, but. yeah. I mean, he could read the dictionary to me and I'd be like, what? Yes, <laughs> let's do this. But, he um, read a Neil Butte screenplay to me and I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's just a strange choice. Well, it's, a, it's it informs it a lot. so much. Yeah. I, I was with it. I'm not, I wasn't with it because I was fucking <laughs> bored at that point. Um, but I was with the idea of it uh, at that point of like, uh-huh. okay, now he gives her a choice. She makes a choice, but she's not making a choice. What's the other choice is, or I fucking give you back and the dicky uh, orderly rapes you. Yeah. Or I don't take your virginity and somebody else buys it. No, the choice is, the, it, it's not a choice for her. The choice is between two evils. The choice that would make sense is if she doesn't take any of them and finds a way out of it on her own. That's what's empowering. Yeah. Her giving into him is such a like ultimate rape fantasy idea that is so horrible. Well, let me, let me say this. I've, I read and I can't find it. The thing I do want to address, I did manage to track back down, but I read that she is doing this on her own free will that for sweet pea that this is for sweet pea she gives into that for sweet pea so that's the decision that she makes i think that's bullshit well i mean maybe that could be justified but it doesn't it could be if it was if we ever saw that in the film at the end she just says because it was all for sweet pea mm -hmm. it's it's such a cop-out because we never saw that um but if there was a scene where sweet pea tells her all the shit about how hard it's been and how she's made decisions and and it gives the Emily Brown character a moment to say like to realize and we see her realizing oh my god this girl has it worse than I'll ever have uh-huh. it I'm gonna make this decision for her and I am choosing to save her and not myself sure I think that's valid and I think that could have been conveyed but it's it doesn't come across at all and the ending Correct. of I agree. this is Sweet Pea's story is such a smack in the face of like oh, yeah, well, then maybe you should have made the movie better. Yeah, well, it, oh, it was? Where was she then? Right, right. And who um, was she, exactly? Yeah. Ugh. Um, yeah. So this is the thing that I found that, I mean, you, we when we had paired these together, you were like, well, let's see how he handles half-dressed men and half-dressed women. <laughs> um, and I found this little blurb on um, uh, a review that I, I'll put up Um on the Facebook page, it's from moviephone.com, um, uh, that says, yes, the action world has always relied on some level of objectification, both for men and women. However, these heroines are incomparable. In male action films, the muscled male body is a symbol of defiance, much like it is in 300. Yeah. Though it works to excite viewers, either invoking lust or jealousy, it also, it's also a symbol of the strength that will lead the men to success. The men aren't puppets whose actions are directly linked to fiendish oppressors. They are figures who ooze authority, and their sexualization is directly linked to the display of their prowess. Mm -hmm. For the girls of Sucker Punch, however, 
Their attire serves nothing but the hungry sexual gaze, and their skills are imagined rather than real and honed. It's exactly the problem in the, in the clear, glaring difference between the and two. There, there's, a, there's an aspect, because I, like, one could say to that, well, yes, their skills are imagined because women are oppressed and, and can't do it. Uh-huh. Which, okay, but they're, at that point, if you're making a movie about, if you're supposedly making a movie about female empowerment, well, then they have to ha- have power at some point. And so, okay, exactly. And they fantasy sword fighting is imagined, but they're able to outsmart the horny orderly and find a way out, or they're able to tear, take this institution down. Well, then there's still room for them to exercise power. Um, that isn't necessarily, you know, fantasy sword play, but this movie gives nobody any power. Even when Sweet Pea gets free, maybe depending on which universe we're in, which I don't know. Um, how is she actually saved? Scott Glenn as the bus driver is like, yep. oh, let me help you out, Sugar Plum. So even then, even when she's free, she's she has no pa- a male cops come to her and say, are going to take her away, and she's saved by a dude. Mm-hmm. Every time there is nothing empowering about it whatsoever. Exactly. Um, this one goes on to say, these so-called heroines are inherently weak characters who fail themselves and each other as yeah. friends, sisters, and confidants. They couldn't even do In that. every way, because you have, like, the one thing is like, okay, well, you have the Jenna Malone character who does kind of sacrifice herself. Yeah. Um, okay, all right, so we're getting somewhere, except it does no good. And then you have the, uh, the Vanessa Hudgens character who rats them out and basically, you know, tells on them and then is responsible for them dying. Yeah. Her and Jamie Chung, who they just shoot because, I don't know, she's there. I guess. Um, it's, yeah, nobody has, and maybe that's also part of the point because also Carla Gugino, her character also ultimately is um, uh, overpowered by, yep. by the other guy. Super weak, um, yeah. Fails, fails her girls both in imaginary land and is this this Maybe kills me and this in a some world bitch doesn't even know that she's going in for a lobby how does she not know she's terrible clearly you're, she's terrible at her job that's what they're informing me because like apparently um baby doll has had sessions with her she could have just said that like by the way do you know that they're planning on giving me a lobotomy i overheard them talking about it so everybody is weak and clueless. Yes. And I don't understand why. Well, again, I can understand if the point was supposed to be to show how how women are oppressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that. And I think that could certainly have been done with everything you have on screen there. Just shave off like five minutes of every fantasy sequence. You could still, you have still, I think, something interesting that you could still quote unquote sucker punch me in the right way mm-hmm. with an ending that takes it back or um suddenly puts power in somebody else's hands there's a way to tell that story in a way where you're ultimately saying women are oppressed but here's something they can do about it but instead it's women are oppressed women are oppressed women are oppressed um and women are oppressed but mm-hmm. they look really cute but it's your fault if you think they look really cute Unless you know that you're not supposed to think they look really cute, and then it's okay. And they, but they, but that's the thing. They do look really cute, and I'm not going to fault this movie for doing that. Like, I want that movie where these like gussied up hot broads are kicking ass. Give me that. Um, 
but it it, it failed in but so yeah, many yeah. Don't ways. Don't tell me that while trying to really tell me that you're sending a message about female empowerment when you haven't done anything to make these women empowered. Uh, and yeah. It's so, it's bizarre. Uh, and again, I do think Zack Snyder really did mean well. I don't think he felt, I think he understood, oh, they're going to think I'm exploiting these women, but I'm not. I'm making a point about exploitation. I uh -huh. really think he believed that. Because there was one thing he said, um, I don't remember who was on that interview or another interview that I read, where he talks about, like, well, note that I didn't, I didn't shoot them in an exploitive way. I don't, you know, as in, I didn't zoom in on their cleavage. I didn't shoot their asses. I didn't show any female nudity. All of this is true. And I think, I think to his point, he's kind of saying, like, uh, you know, I, I just put them in, in the clothes because that's what, uh, you know, I think people expect to see. But I'm not exploiting them. And I think he believes that. And I think uh -huh. I could, all, again, I could almost see how that could make sense of saying, well, you're right. You're, you're putting them in certain outfits, but, um, you know, other, other filmmakers might have shown a baby doll getting raped or shown uh, nudity or or done things in a way where that made you feel icky. That mm -hmm. was a little more aggressive, I think, in it. He doesn't do that. And I think he believes that he's, that that's a, a strong decision that's um, made for these women as opposed to like for the men. But he just doesn't get it. Yeah. I, I think that the, 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 the point of this should have been, um, women are strong, powerful, and in control of things. And and just because they are, doesn't mean they have to, you, we don't have to put them into another box where they're um, like the butch lesbian or or like lack any sex. We don't have to shy away from their sexuality yes, yes, just, because all, they, yeah. just because they're powerful. They can be both. Guess what? I'm breaking both boxes open. Mm -hmm. They can be sexy and they can be strong. Boom mind blown but which is great but which is what i wanted and that's not except what happens not sexy except I'm, they're not, not that they're not sexy except they're not strong no so i mean because how, unfortunately a lot of the times the type that you get is 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 the michelle rodriguez which is i i'm not saying anything negative at all but you kind of get this butch yeah like well, it's bitchy like, like rodriguez, resident evil versus michelle rodriguez fast and the furious in a way, it's where like, she doesn't get to be a quote unquote girl. Yes, she has to be tough and maybe she can show her midriff and like be, but like mean sexy. Right. Like, like that, that girl could beat me up. Yeah, so but you're not going to see her in a romance. It's interesting to see like, oh, well, that's why do we have to have that stereotype? Why can't we right. have a strong, like a, a, a super femme, like yeah. broad that can kick ass? And I and I, I think that's what a lot of people, uh, people that were disappointed in this, kind of wanted, like, like she can ha she can be really hot and like really in control of her sexuality and kick a lot of ass and and be in control. Like she doesn't have to be one or the other, but in, in the end she kind of was. Right, because in the end she had, she wasn't powerful in any way. She mm -hmm. wasn't powerful in her mind. Uh, I mean, I guess there's again something to. 
him saying, you know, we we want to see girls like this. We want to see, uh, we want to see this fantasy, and then trying to, you know, then stab you with, oh, but see what what, you know, what you're really getting out of this, or what you what it ultimately is about is that they're not in power, that you've watched, you've enjoyed these cute girls and cute and dancing and, and fighting demon things. Um, but in the end, you're no better than the man who would give her a lobotomy. Mm-hmm. I think that's another one of the things he's trying to suggest that people that do look at women as eye candy, ultimately <clears throat> like there's something really violating about that. But he is violating them in doing that. Yes. You can't make a statement without making a statement. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tricky because I think, and I, I mean, I, th- I think you've, you've said it a few times. This entire movie could almost be recut in a way that would satisfy us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because the... Even the idea of it ending with the sucker punch and ending with you've just watched this and enjoyed this and fuck you because it's very now now I'll make a stretch. I'm comparing it to fun, to Michael Haneke. Oh, fun. Okay. Funny game. You've seen funny games? I have. Either of them? Both of them. Because funny <laughs> games is very aggressive to its audience. Yes. Funny games is saying where I'm giving you as a movie, you people come to see. Um, you know, innocent people killed and tortured and this is a problem and you're a problem for enjoying this. So I'm going to give you all the things you want, but guess what? I'm also going to tell you that you're a sick piece of shit for wanting it. Mm-hmm. And Michael Haneke, I remember getting like an interview where he said like, he hopes people walk out of that movie because he feels like people should, because people should not sit there and watch that. Yeah. The movie is basically a statement upon that. Now, Sucker Punch is, in a way, I think, going after that same idea of you you came to see this movie because you wanted to see really hot chicks scantily clad. Yes. Well, guess what that says about you? Except it's not a strong enough movie to say anything about me. It just says to me that um, this movie thinks women are weak. Yeah. And I think the I don't think that is the point. I think the point is that people oppress women. Maybe that's the point. Well, I think you I think you made a very good point right there and saying like it should have been a little bit more aggra- if that's what he's claiming like I'm not I'm this isn't what I'm doing. This is what you wanted. This right. is what you're projecting onto it. Then you need to make that more clear Absolutely. Yeah. in the filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, and it's funny, because when I watched it, I wasn't that offended. Maybe just because I really didn't know what, where it was going. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was more bored than anything. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Because, again, like, there's cool stuff for a while, and then there's, like, a 25-minute scene that's the same thing over and over again, and there's mistakes. Um, But that's similar, like, okay, well, you know, he's flirting around rape, but he's not... It's just so much less offensively shot than it could have been. Yeah. Because um, I've seen other, and I wish I could rattle off anything right now, but my brain is fried, of movies that I find deal with rape in a really offensive way, even if they don't 
have a rape scene. It's mm-hmm. that whole like smarmy threat that's done in like an almost sexy way. Um, or like a rape scene where there's no time to rape the chick, but yet you find time to pull off her shirt. Like that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, and this movie doesn't do that. Like, it seems like he's trying to avoid some of those red flags that would make me as I guess a feminist be like, Oh, you don't like women. It's not that it's more that I think he tries to make a statement and ends up just kind of reinforcing the same uh, issues that he's trying. to Yeah. No. Yeah. And I think you even said it like you weren't offended by this. Yeah. I wasn't offended by it. I, I was let I was let down. Yeah. I was I was bummed that it missed the mark so much. Yeah. But it, it just missed it so much that I couldn't be offended. Right, right. Like it's how so how, how can I be a male? Yes, how so can I be offended by something that is so it's almost like you said it didn't do the rapey stuff. I think it tried super hard not to be offensive. So how can I be offended by that? Yeah, it's trying to say like, hey man, I know, I know, I get it. It's really weird to have sexy school. Sexy schools is weird, right? I mean, there's a sexy school girl, but like, we're going to make a comment about how that's weird. But if it's supposed to be like a satire on um, the way men fetish women, mm-hmm. it should just be more fun. Yeah. One thing. Absolutely. It, it, like so I said, it needed fun. some restraint. It needed somebody else's hands in it. And I think it went, it had to go and I, I think I read something about there a crazy amount of recuts to get, um, sure. Oh yeah. To get the PG 13. Yeah. So, I mean, that is never good for a movie. It, it's not with it. I mean, the question too is what would this have been if it was rated R not that like, Oh, because then we could have had more rape or something. Yeah. Like crotch shots and shit. Yeah. More that. And this is something that, um, a, a lot of filmmakers have said, one of the biggest issues with the MPAA when it comes to the PG-13 to R is uh, that they end up demanding cuts that end up turning, um, like, turning scenes into being, like, a, just the wrong meaning. Like, yeah. I remember for um, Boys Don't Cry, uh, Kimberly Pierce talks about how the MPA was kind of okay with a sex scene, but not a sex scene where Chloe Sevigny uh, orgasmed from oral sex. Mm-hmm. Like it was that they could take the implied oral sex, but they couldn't take the orgasm. Mm-hmm. That like, how does that make any sense that you have, first of all, you have heterosexual sex that implies orgasms all the time in, in R rated movies, mm-hmm. but that because it was a woman, uh, like there was something very weirdly sexist about it. And I, I had read one interview where Zack Snyder had said, oh, they wanted to cut the John Hamm scene in a way where it became more um, uh, titillating than, um, than whatever it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. But based on what you're saying the scene was, it sounds like it was totally meant to be titillating from the beginning. It was pretty titillating. Yeah. So I mean, there It was, was absurd. It was, yeah. it was flat out absurd, but it was titillating. Well, like most of the movie. But yeah, so, so there is, I think, um, always issues when you try to, when, you ha- when you're forced to edit a film for a rating. Because mm-hmm. in some cases, it means that you can change the nature of a scene the wrong way, one way or another. But that being said, I don't know what he would have done, what would have been different if, without the constraints of PG-13. Mm-hmm. 
Because we still have the cook trying to rape Jenna Malone and Jenna Malone getting stabbed and then everybody getting shot. And I mean, what what else was he going to do there? I don't know. Yeah. And I, I shouldn't say that because maybe the two and a half hour director's cut. Well, no, you're saying it's not right. What? That good? The, 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 oh. Yeah. Because um, yeah. Well, this is the thing. Well, Everybody's like, oh, no, man. This, you just, you don't know. You don't understand. There's stuff here you're not paying attention to that will blow your mind and it really turns this on its head. So I'm thinking, like, oh, well, I'm going to get this on whatever, this extended cut, whatever it is, and I'm going to see some shit that's going to really, like, oh, I was wrong the whole time. This is amazing. But it doesn't do that. There's musical se- sequences, right? <laughs> it's, like, just... You can you can Google like the difference between the theatrical and the extended cut, and it'll like like minute by minute break down what's yeah. what's added in there. I, see, yeah, there's like, good sides for that, but I, I I can never hold my interest reading through those. It's it's tough. I, yeah, I tend I to skim. It, it's a hard but, way for me to 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 read something. I think. But now I've seen the extended twice and the theatrical once, mm-hmm. so I I started to get a little muddled. What was missing? What's different? What's right, new? Right. So that's why I read through it, um, and it really is just really long fight scenes and you wonder why they're so long they were long to begin with and now they're longer the the steampunk scene it should have been fun and it it starts off like that minute and then it just kept going and the dragon scene i could barely i really could not keep my eye on the tv oh by the time it gets there it's almost inconsequential like you can't wait for it to be over yeah and and i would love to give credit and be like well maybe that was part of the point but it wasn't. No. Other things were part of the point. Um, you know, all of the women being oppressed in the end, that was part of the point. Emily Browning looking like a schoolgirl, despite the character definitely not being a schoolgirl, mm-hmm. that was part of the point. I get that. But uh, the action sequence is just going on forever was not the point. If it was, the da- if it was like the Team America World Police joke um, or the, the Simpsons rake, phenomenon oh yeah you know know what i mean the sideshow bob steps on the break it's funny and then it goes on for like two minutes and you're like okay but then it gets funny again and it gets funny and yep it cycles back around yeah where the character throws up and it's funny and then he keeps going and it's too long but then it somehow it's that magic moment where it becomes funny again like maybe there's an effect going like that no there's no effect here it's just no it's very long long there's no, and this movie is it's under the the version I watched is not two hours, and yet it felt so long. Yep. And then I get to the end, and I'm like, but maybe they could have taken more time to develop Sweet Pea's character, since the movie was about her. But that mm-hmm. would have meant this movie would have been even longer. And I think <sighs> that. Yeah, there's some interesting writing about this movie out there. Yeah, I, I've found some stuff. Um, there are some defenders of it. Um, there are some people that, that do claim it's it's yeah. feminist. It's it, it succeeded. Yeah, and I've read some that I think are a little more in line with me where they say, like, look, he did try. He didn't set out to make a sex fantasy. I think he set out to make a movie about the sex fantasy, mm-hmm. but he just is not a good enough writer uh to have crafted that in any way where it's valuable other than seeing how wrong it went yeah um one thing was uh 
that this, this Snyder has stated one interpretation of the film is that it is a critique on geek culture, sexism, and objectification of women. Okay. Sure. If it critiqued it at all, other Correct. than just telling you at the end that, like, oh, yeah, the women that you objectify get lobotomies and really do need your help. Mm-hmm. If, you see, if you see a pretty girl and she, she doesn't look like she belongs and the cops are asking, you should help her because she needs your help. But don't, don't think of her like that. Or do, so long as you know that you're thinking about her wrong. Because that's it, my other favorite quote, was him being like, it's, you know, because the interview being like, well, it, but is it okay if I think, if I like seeing Baby Doll in a cute little outfit? He's like, yeah, it's okay, as long as you're aware about, you know, it's a guilty pleasure, as long as you know it's a guilty pleasure. Oh, that's not cool. What does that mean? What does that, <laughs> that mean? I don't think, I think the, the, the vision of, I think he needed... Either the vision of this movie got real muddled or he never had it honed enough to execute it. Yeah. I, I think it just is too... The idea, and the idea, too, to go back to, like... Um, we talked about this with... Na- I forget what movie we were talking about it with was narrating and how it can be done as such a crutch. And, like, every oh, yeah. first-year, um, like, writing student, if you're... Like, I, I, you know, I went to school for playwriting... Every class you're told, the first class is told, don't you give me a narrator because I know you're just going to do it because it's the easiest thing. Yep. You know what else is a really easy crutch to lean on when you're trying to, like, you know, tell a, a deep story with a mm-hmm. Setting it in a fucking insane asylum. Yep. And that could have been interesting because I read a lot of stuff like, well, in that era, that's what men did to get rid of women. I watched American Horror Story. Right? Oh my gosh, so good. Um, Like, like that could have been interesting. It could have been a commentary on that. Like, just none of these girls are crazy. They just got all thrown in there for being, like, strong women. But that didn't happen. No, we don't know why any of them are in there. Why the What did Vanessa Hudgens and Jamie Chung do to get in there? That would have been interesting. We get what kind of that Jenna Malone ran away from home and that Abby Cornish followed her? We don't know why. Why is they in an insane asylum? I don't know. The one loves her mother and the mother loved her. Yeah, it's sure there are pieces that make sense and it's the it's but it's like it's such an easy metaphor. But okay, fine, it could be done. Yeah. But not if you're not going to go beyond freshman college student creative writing to get there. It's, it's a lot. I think it's a big missed opportunity. Very much. So many missed opportunities in this. Uh, I like the music, though. Yeah, I was okay with it. A lot of people criticized it. I read a lot of negative shit about it. I had a problem with the music. It was, I was okay with yeah, it. I think Emily Browning actually sang a couple of the songs. I saw that on the IMDb's. Yeah, so good for her. Uh, she is the, uh, her thing, you know, have a lot of characters, like Steve Buscemi always dies in movies, and mm-hmm. um, LL Cool J never dies in movies. Except uh, when he does in Rollerball. Except, except fucking Rollerball, which we want to talk about. I talked about Rollerball a lot this weekend, too. Uh, <laughs> but Emily Browning's thing in movies is that um, she's uh, the ideal orphan. Mm-hmm. Always with a dead mother. Yeah. And always with um, some some older ward praying, or older, what, what's the opposite word of ward? Uh, you're my ward, and I am your benefactor, or whatever, uh, praying I upon her. Because yes. we have a series of unfortunate events, um, mm. the uninvited, where yep. your mother dies, and everything, and, and this one. So she makes a good orphan. 
that's her. It, this is the perfect time for me to say that everyone should watch Magic Magic. Because she's, she's in that. Is she an orphan? Um, I don't think so. What? She's, I like her in that. She's really likable. And I like all, all the girls in, in this movie. A lot. I really do. I genuinely do. I don't ironically like Vanessa Hudgens. I think Vanessa Hudgens is interesting. And I like Jamie Chung. I'm just so disappointed. And I love Jenna Malone. I've always loved Jenna Malone. It, this is like a dream cast for and, me and that was completely this is a dream role. Like Jenna Malone makes an excellent... Because this role is very similar in some ways to Joanna Mason from Hunger yep. Games. Because mm-hmm. Jenna Malone makes a really good not star. She makes a really good um, like embittered, sassy... Uh, frenemy to the star. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's the same in this. Like as soon as I met her character, I'm like, oh, I get I get her. That's a Jenna Malone character. Mm-hmm. Uh except I don't really know who her character was or if she actually existed at all. I got no clue. Who she knows? Never gave me any reason to know. Um Yeah, was everything a figment of her imagination except she helped the patient state? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fascinating, and I'm really glad that we did cover it because the mo- I avoided the movie for since it came out because I remember seeing the preview and being intrigued just because I was like, ah, it's Zack Snyder. I'm, I'm curious. But then every every person I know who saw it was like, it's boring. Yeah. And for me, that is the kiss of death on a movie. You can, you can do whatever you want, but just don't bore me. That's why I love 300. It doesn't bore me. And... So I never, just never wanted to watch it. And then finally sitting down to watch it, it's fascinating because it is really boring. Yep. And, and you can see there are some fascinating potential here to make something that you could write about a women's studies paper on and, and feel good. Instead, what you get is really boring stuff and really interesting fodder for an essay in women's studies Mm -hmm. Um, that will be just as good really this is a good movie to to write about if you're dealing with gender in film sorry i yawned because i was thinking about that sequence um i'm glad you watched it me too um let me see what um our good friend steve shibuya is working on next because i'm curious if he had any help in there at all no this is the only only writing credit Ugh. um how does that even work was it like is he Zack snyder's video game buddy i don't like know they play xbox uh live together and Zack snyder was like one day like by the way i'm thinking of making a movie about hot chicks and how uh you know how we like hot chicks and how that's wrong and steve shibuya was like oh man i'll totally come over and help you write it and then they just like watched porn for a few hours and then we're like oh shit we have to write a movie mm. they got i think that might have happened um something a phenomenon i find very fascinating by this i shouldn't but i'm, I'm very fascinated is the amount of um sucker punch cosplay um <laughs> uh it's and it's outstanding too well, like it's means- painstakingly done and it's because like ladies wanna dress in hot clothes and that's awesome. Good, good for you. Do it. I just really wish that if he had done that right, that would have been an even more interesting commentary. Because I think the idea behind it, and I'm sure some of the girls who dress like dress like those specific characters are doing it in a way where it's like, that's right, I'm dressing like a superhero, essentially. Which would be great if the 
characters let you own that. Uh-huh. But they ultimately don't. They're ultimately so weak and put upon and have no um, independence or, uh, you know, um, journey in a good way mm. that you end up, like, it ends up not being empowering. It's, you know, and, and I'm not, like, judging anyone for for dressing like those characters. I disagree. I think it's such a shame that that could have been, you, if you wore that outfit to a Comic-Con, it could be such a kick-ass thing, except it's ultimately a character that's so, um, yeah, weak. Yeah. That there's no, I don't see how it's empowering to do that. It's empowering to me to dress up like a Wonder Woman. Dress up like Wonder Woman, man. It's badass. Um, but dressing up like a character whose sole motivation is either not get a lobotomy or not be raped, but then ends up getting a lobotomy slash, I guess, getting raped mm-hmm. is, is so, is upsetting. And I don't think it was ever meant to be, but it, that's how it ends up. Yeah. This movie is exhausting. It really is. I'm tired now. Not just because it's past my bedtime. It is past your bedtime. Seriously. Um, Yeah, the movies that make me the most upset are the ones I think that have um, so much um, untapped potential and and that are a missed opportunity. And I really think this one was. Yeah. Um, You know, again, the benefit of this movie is I think it will be. It, it's just such prime fodder for film studies. If mm-hmm. I were a professor and I had a film class or a gender class, totally would assign this movie because you could have the best discussions, especially with a very mixed class of um, men and women. Yeah. To really see what you get out of it. Because I'm sure, I mean, it, it's like how. Um, I often have to, like, I always say, like, I love Paul Verhoeven, and I, I love how Paul Verhoeven handles women. I think his female characters are strong and sexy and are, um, are you know, own, often own their sexiness or are, you know, like Black Book, where you have a character who is using her body and prostituting herself to help a greater cause. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's done in a way where it's, you know kind of like the 300 way, I guess, of, yes, you watch it and you, you don't want to see anybody have to do this, but she's doing it because it is her choice and all and this stuff. Yeah. And then I know there are some people that look at um, Paul Verhoeven films and just feel like, no, he's actually just exploiting women. I don't feel that way, but it's an argument I have and I can see the other side to it. With this film, I can't, again, I don't think he meant it maliciously, but I can't see how anybody can really intelligently say yes he made an excellent film about how we see women yeah so uh, are you more to say or uh i don't i honestly i i, I think i'm gonna stick a stick a fork in it because i i really think i could keep talking and talking and yeah. talking i yeah um, um yeah. I, I would love to uh invite all of our listeners on our facebook page to share your thoughts on this movie yeah and um, any interesting Articles, links, interviews. Because there's so many fascinating There's so much interesting stuff out there. And if anybody, I mean, and again, please don't feel to anybody who genuinely likes this movie and does feel like it uh, has positive messages in it, please put it out there. Because I do want to hear it. Because again, I 
I think there's merit and I would love to hear other interpretations of how this movie hits them. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, I'm open to it and I, I really want to, you know, know everybody's thoughts on it because it's such, it just is prime for discussion. Yep, I agree. <sighs> I mean, we just spent how long? 55 um, minutes talking about it. A million years. A million years. As we spent as long as those girls fought steampunk Nazis. Oh my, I think that's accurate. It was a really long time. It was really long. <sighs> um, okay. Well, that's really exhausting. Uh, <laughs> rating it. So give it grades. Oh fuck. Give it grades. Um, quality of film? Yeah. Um... Yeah. it's not even that I I find the themes um, didn't hit in the it it, it was aimless it it really is just just, long and and it doesn't develop any characters there's no weight I mean I can't give it anything higher because it does so many things wrong for me yeah I I probably should say five I'll say 5.25 so it doesn't like Mm -hmm. too much just because I think the visuals are really really admirable and like yeah not everybody can Make a movie look like that. That's true. That's very true. That's where I bump it a little over average. Life improved upon by film. 4.5. Yeah. Because I, on one hand, the only reason it really gets, because I mean, again, this was such a chore to get through. This movie was so boring. But it just makes for such an interesting discussion. And such potential for, you know, film examination. That yeah, I'll go four seven four point seven five. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a that was uh, tough, right? That was a that was one. I'll tell you I that. I already thought about it. Oh wow! I it would have taken me like ten years to 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 suss it all out um, live while we were doing it. So I just <laughs> I thought about it already. Smart, very smart. Uh, all right, so uh, before we get to next week or next two mm-hmm. weeks or three weeks, what? Uh, before we do that. Let's talk about things on Instant Watch that we recommend. Yeah. So I don't know if I already recommended this one as my as my instant pick, but I had recommended it to my mom. And I was like, yeah, I watched it on Instant. It was great. You should totally watch it. And she's like, it's not on Instant. And it, so it had gone away. It just came back. Ooh. So I'm recommending it again in case, um, mm-hmm. you know, no one caught it. But I'm pretty sure you've seen it. It's The Caller. Oh, fucking yeah, great movie. I recommended it like a year Did you recommend it? Okay, so it came, it's back on. It it popped off and it's back on. So I'm going to say, if you have not watched it, you should watch it. It is, for those, and because I don't want to give like anything away, it's a a horror movie. It's a very subtle, quiet horror movie. Yep, Vampire Bill's in it. It's Vampire Bill's in it. Um, Girl with amazing hair from the first Twilight movie is in it. I love her hair. Just, She's um, in Under the Dome, a terrible show you should never watch. I will not then. Uh, the, but it's, it is such, like, like I was saying about We Are What We Are and contract, con- contra- Contracted, uh, <laughs> is how <laughs> new horror movies that are done, are written well and executed well and make the most of, their, of what they have and are just creative premise, premises. Yep. Um, this is a perfect example of that. It's just a really strong, compelling movie with good characters that are really likable. Um, and it's cool. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yep, yep yeah. because it, I, was, I was recommending it, apparently, and it was not there, and uh, now it is back. Uh, so. yeah. yeah, excellent choice. Um, my recommendation is a movie that um, 
Did I ever tell you that I really like um, like end of the world nuclear war stuff? No. Was okay. the, or wait, maybe I thought it was somebody else. I don't know. Yeah, no, it might have been. Um, okay, my recommend. Uh, did I ever tell you also? This is an actress <laughs> that's really good. She's really young. She makes really good decisions um, in picking projects. Um, oh god, what's her name? She's Irish. She has a really hard to know her name. Oh yeah, that's Shorsha Ronanen. <gasps> what did you watch? Um, I watched How I Live Now. Oh my god, I want to watch it so bad, but I'm nervous. I think it's going to upset me. It might. It's it's interesting. I know. Um, on the Gentleman's Guide, Birthday Boy Samurai was. Just I know. Happy birthday! Well. Happy birthday! Uh, he was talking about this movie too. Um, I watched it because again, end of the world sort of. Yeah, obviously. Well, why don't you? Uh, it's apparently based on like a YA novel. Ooh, neat. Which is again a, like a reason I think you would really like it, and it doesn't feel like this is. A, it's a pretty dark movie. This could not have been rated. I'm sure it was rated R. Uh-huh. Um, actually, no, it was because I read uh, the Village Voice gave it a really interesting positive review that talked about how fucked up it was that this movie got an R rating when it was really good and the kind of movie that like teenagers would I think get and appreciate and it's it is kind of it's not made for them but the sensibilities of the characters are fitting to them mm-hmm. and it's essentially and um plays a cunt she plays a motherfucking cunt for the first like 20 minutes awesome uh who 15 year teenage girl who moves to england with her uh to see her relatives and all of a sudden world war three breaks out um beautifully shot film it's by the guy who did the last king of scotland okay yep, yep, yep. so you're all in for all of this really interesting character um uh, has a lot of heart to it. Um, the way they handle like the dark aspects of World War Three and what is going to come with it is done so well because it's like there's some horrors that you see, but you see it through the point of view of some of her traveling through it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's very much her point of view. Um, it it was good. It was really good. It it's hard to know what to compare it to because it's a very specific and different tone and story yeah um but she's amazing in it and again she plays such a bitch for the beginning of it uh but yeah it's it's a recommend i think you of all people would really dig it oh man okay i have to watch it it's it's at the top of the queue it's been sitting there i'm just i'm just nervous yeah it's i mean it's it is sad but uh it is also not sad in other areas i guess uh, all right, so when next we meet, yeah, uh, it is time, everybody. The Glee cast and the Furious is returning furiously, or maybe not. Maybe we're just gonna drift Tokyo style. Oh no! You know what okay. I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I've never seen the movie, but our next episode will be Erica, uh, g- g- dear friend Erica, will join us to cover Fast the Fast and the. Furious the third colon Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. I, I don't know. Who knows? It's it's Tokyo Drift. Whatever. It's Fast and the Furious Part Three to me. Uh, and along with that, we are going to pair. Apparently, the director Justin Lin uh, made a movie shortly before that that is um, a pseudo prequel. It would seem some people mm-hmm. is one of the characters that carries over and is in that movie, and it is a smaller movie called How No. I'm looking at my notes. I'm like, it's a movie called How I Live Now. What a coincidence. Uh, It is called, oh shit, do I have it? Better Luck Tomorrow? 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Better Look Tomorrow, yes. Um, and it stars that guy from uh, Hatchet. Harry Shen. Okay. Hatchet. It's like, he was what are you the talking? Asian guy in yeah, Hatchet. Yeah, what are you talking about? Uh, okay. He also played the Asian guy in Hatchet 2. Awesome. So um, he plays Asian guys? He does. <laughs> and you, you'll know him when you see him. But uh, <laughs> yeah, point being, those are the movies that we're doing. We'll be back in a few weeks to do them for you. In the meantime, if you would like to discuss your thoughts on Sucker Punch, please, which I encourage, please uh, tweet us at Feminine Podcast. Or, best way to get us? Um, on Facebook. We've got to work on our cues. Sorry. Set you up for cues. I didn't know. Getting dry. I've talked a lot. I had a lot of ums to go through when I did with Sucker Punch. Sorry, go on um, the Facebooks um, and we'll talk to you. Is that how it works, Christine? You go on the Facebooks. Is that really how it works? Yeah, people have been really good at interacting lately. It's great. Thanks. Yay. All right. So on that note, folks, um, we are going to, well, I, now, am I going to take off my fishnets or put on my fishnets? I don't know. I'm going to put on my other fishnets. Putting on your other fishnets. On. You're putting on your winter fishnets? I'm yeah, it's kind of chilly in here. I have to put on my I'm, wool I'm fishnets. I'm my, my PJ fishnets, which are feedy fishnets. Although all fishnets are... I was going to say, aren't they? Oh. No, now they make the ones with the stirrups that stop at the foot, which I don't understand. Oh, my. Don't look at their shoes. But whatever. On that note, Sparta! Oh, yes. Show a little more. Show a little less. Add a little smoke. Welcome to Burlesque Everything you dream of But never can possess Nothing's what it seems Welcome to Burlesque to the band You may not be guilty But you're ready to confess Tell me what you need Welcome to Burlesque You can dream of cocoa Do it at your risk Triplets grant you mercy, but not your every wish. Yes, it keeps you guessing, so cruel and statuesque. Behave yourself, says Georgia. Welcome to Berlin.